pros do it right by relying on trusted brands to get the job done. Lowe's is here to help with more of those brands in stock like DeWalt and Little Giant. We stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. Now save $60 on a two-pack of DeWalt 20-volt max batteries, now just $99. Plus, we now offer the Little Giant King Combo Ladder, the world's first step, extension, and leaning ladder, giving you the flexibility to do just about any job for only $159. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616, U.S. only. He has been great versus lefties. He should crush Quintana here. Baez going up against Maeda. Maeda is significantly better versus righties. So just take Turner and move on. Next up, Rizzo versus Hernandez run slash RBIs. Very volatile category. Eight over under for this game here. So there's only going to be eight runs scored probably around there. So chances are neither of these guys get a run. There's a decent chance that the most likely outcome for either one is no runs. So I'm taking Rizzo going against Maeda. Where Rizzo has the platoon split, Maeda struggles a lot more versus lefties than he does righties, and just taking the tiebreaker there. All right, guys, last up, we have my late night dagger, but before I get to that, don't forget to like and subscribe on our YouTube channel. When these videos come out, you'll get a notification of it, and you can just throw your props in, so just almost zero work besides watching the video. Also, leave any of your favorite props or any questions you have on the video in the comments section. I'll try and get back to them as soon as I can, but Let's get to my late night dagger, which is the two out of three rapid fire in the Colorado game. So Freeland versus Corbin strikeouts. Corbin is a much, much, much better strikeout pitcher, but Freeland knows how to pitch in course. Corbin relies heavily on a curve and a sinker which is not a good combination for Coors here. So that's going to drastically limit his strikeout numbers. He's giving up two and a half, which is way too much for me. I think that this is going to be essentially a toss-up of who gets more strikeouts. So getting two and a half makes Freeland an absolute lock here. Next up, runs and RBIs. Story versus Arenado. Story's getting the tiebreaker, and that's basically what does it. They're both facing a lefty. There's four and a half implied total for the Rockies today. Arenado, the better hitter versus lefties, but it's not enough for me to give up the tiebreaker here with Story. Again, the most likely outcome with either of these guys is that they get zero runs slash RBIs, so you just roll with a guy who's getting the tiebreaker. Last up, Rendon versus Blackman. Total bases. Rendon is getting the worst pitcher in Freeland. Rendon is getting the platoon split. Blackman is going lefty-lefty, which is never a good decision, and Rendon has been the better hitter this year. All signs point towards Rendon, so go with him and just move on. All right, guys, thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed the video. Hope you guys win all your props. I'll be back again over on Thursday. So get ready for some more picks then. Good luck with all your free money tonight. I'm out of here. See you, kids. It's time to find out who's the sharpest better on the SharpSide app. We are excited to roll out SharpSide Streak Contest presented by FanDuel. All you have to do is build your streak by stringing together as many winning picks as you can all for free on the SharpSide mobile app. Swipe as many picks as you want from a variety of player props and game lines. If you see the lock icon after you swipe, that means it's time to lock that bet in to be your favorite swiped pick. Remember, only one lock pick can be made at a given time, so choose wisely. Once that lock bet resolves, you're eligible to select another locked pick. Two or more winning lock bets in a row, and you start your streak. The best thing of all, you can earn FanDuel credit by being the user with the longest active streak at the end of our milestone dates. We'll be giving away $2,000 in FanDuel credit all the way through May 2nd. 
To show how sharp you are and play for free, be sure to download the SharpSide app, available for iOS and Android. It's the SharpSide Street Contest, presented by FanDuel. And remember, you always want to be on the sharp side. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Yahoo Show here on Roto Grinders. I am Britt Devine uh, here with Stevie. Uh, Stevie, I'm going to come be coming down to your parts next week, buddy. Guess where I'm heading next weekend? Um, you're trying to like be the Disney guy, right? Like that's the thing. Well, I'm getting married there in December, but we're, we got to go for our wedding planning. Yeah, and I have my hat. I, it's it was under my desk. I, I got, I got I all work. Oh yeah, you could wear that today. For yeah. me, for sure. What's the weather like down there? Because I'm, uh, you know, it's like Hot. 50 degrees. <laughs> I'm gonna burn down there for sure. I'm a little scared, my friend. Yeah, you're, you're, um, you're gonna get sunburned for sure. Like I, I already see it. Like it's happening. Like we're gonna, we're gonna have a, um, we're gonna have a lobster Brit. That's gonna be your nickname. Well, so, so here's what I do. I put the SPF 50 on, and then I put SPF 100 on top of that, just for like a double extra super uh, sunscreen protection, Steve. There you go. Uh, just wear long sleeves. You won't be too hot, I promise. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can get those, like, fishing shirts that are, like, super thin in their long sleeves. It's, the, it's Dapper Day or whatever on Sunday when oh, we get it's, down. it's so fun, yeah. Dapper I got I, I got, a, I got a whole thing I got to wear for this thing, apparently. I'm going to be dying uh, sweating on that one. But anyway, guys, uh, enough about me, more about baseball and some things going on at Roto-Grinders and on, uh, on Yahoo. Uh, the first thing is... Uh, cheese's article it's free premium week here uh, yes yesterday we had uh, i think it was the cbrs and uh the total tournament article was free today the best article in all of baseball dfs is free for everybody it's cheese's goods million dollar musings uh, i read through this thing today stevie i don't know i don't know if he juiced it up a little bit as things like a bajillion words it takes forever to get through packed with information uh, if you guys want a, uh, to check it out, uh, you can go to the forum. I'm looking at it right now, free premium week. Uh, there's a big link, and you'll be able to check right on the homepage of Roto-Grinders. Uh, you'll be able to read Cheese's article. Uh, you have a chance to go through it, Stevie, or you got too much going on today? I have not had a chance to read it today. Yesterday's article was phenomenal. Um, Cheese, he wrote up a bunch of stuff about, yeah. you know, baseballs and stuff like that, uh, the I, actual baseballs. but Listen to um, this. So the questions, Cheese – uh was was making in that uh behind the scenes it's nowhere on roto grinders but kevin cole our, our really good data scientist person he whipped up some answers to that maybe i'll share some of those findings i kind of just want to keep the secrets to myself about the uh the tournament teams that are really winning this year with the juice ball and all that 
Um, but uh, maybe I'll share a smidge of information with you guys tonight. But yeah, uh, lots of stuff Cheese brought up yesterday. Uh, there's a lot of DFS-related information in that. And then the other thing we have going on here is the SharpSide swipe promotion. Uh, you got to download SharpSide if you've never done it before. doesn't cost you anything. You're not betting on, uh, you know, real money or anything like that. It's more, hey, track how you're doing in certain bets and things like that. And we're doing a promotion with FanDuel. Uh, if you're leading the streak, uh, I think it starts uh, or ends in about two weeks from now. Uh, if you're the top streak getter, uh, you get a thousand bucks in FanDuel credit, which is a pretty good deal. Um, you got to lock your bets every day. So you swipe. The bet's got to be minus 140 or better, so you can't pick these huge favorites. And if you get your streak going high enough, hey, you get some cash to play around with on FanDuel. So uh, help us out. Uh, Devin posted a link to that. Uh, and start swiping on Sharp. I think I got my streak up to uh, – let me see here. What am I up to? I think I got up to like three or four. I was trying to catch the leader a couple of, couple of days ago, um, but it did not work out too well. So I am currently uh, – I lost my I lost my bet last night. Oh no, I got my streaks at three. So you, what's a what's a good what's a good bet I can make tonight to make my streak four, Stevie? You got anything for me? I haven't even looked. We'll, we'll so come like, up with, we'll come up with write, something during the show, right? Yeah, I, I write a lot of stuff on Tuesdays. So like, I've been super busy up until we started the show. Mm -hmm. um, like, I haven't even had a chance to like even construct lineups yet or anything. So I got one Washington. So it's got to be minus one forty or better. Currently on sharp side, the Nationals are minus 139. So I'm going to flex my odds to the max here. I'm lo I'm locking in Washington as my street bet, Stevie. All right. Interesting. I'm, I'm going to game the system the best I can. There Sound you go. Good? Yep. Um, yeah, so go check that out. And uh, I, I believe Devin posted a link to that if you want. I like the Braves. Minus 113 against the Reds. Yeah, it's a good one too. Uh, let's talk some Yahoo tonight. Uh, lots going on over there. And I guess the whole state of DFS, you know, we, if you read cheese's article yesterday, the juice ball, I've been talking with Cardi about the juice ball all season long on the weekend shows we've been doing. Uh, I think it's a fact. The ball's more aerodynamic. There's something going on. Runs are at like an all time high specifically to even start the season, let alone to when it's going to be 90 degrees to hundred degrees all summer long here. So I have started to really de-emphasize pitching as a whole and this is the perfect slate to do it because I don't want to roster any one of these guys tonight, Stevie. Yeah, for sure. Like at the top, it's certainly interesting. Like, you know, we're looking at Yahoo pricing. Patrick Corbin, I think, is the highest price across the industry. By on far Yahoo. the best pitcher, but uh, going into cores is very scary. Yeah, I, I think like if we're looking on like FanDuel and DraftKings, like, you know, Corbin's actually in play for me in tournaments, but like on, on Yahoo, it's the highest priced pitcher on the slate. He's not getting that discount of being mm -hmm. in cores. So um, I don't want to play Corbin. Zach Wheeler, I think is okay. I don't think he's the greatest. I don't think he's I think the he's worst. Gonna be the, I think he's going to be very, very chalky today. Yeah, I could see him being chalky for sure. Um, with, with good reason. And then Kenta Maeda, I, I like Maeda more than I like anybody else up here at the top. Mm -hmm. You know, he's been using different types of pitches for lefties and righties. And it's really been working for him really well this season. And I don't know if that's with Grendel being gone and a different catcher being there, just, you know, switching up the pitches a little bit. But Maeda has been really solid this season. Uh, I pulled up Slate IQ, which is uh, – it's not free for you premium members, but I'll, I'll bring it on over to my screen over here. So Slate IQ, uh, can you see this, Stevie? Are, are you able to – are you looking at my screen at all? I am not. Uh, all right. So it is now up. So this is for DraftKings. Uh, we've got Wheeler double – 
the next highest owned pitcher. He's going to be 41% owned uh, projected. Now that's right in line with about my thinking with basically just dart throws everywhere else on the board today at pitching. So I expect that ownership. Uh, I know we do have ownership for Yahoo. I could try to see if that's uh, in there now, but I expect that Wheeler ownership on DraftKings to really bleed over to Yahoo today because you can still get Wheeler. You can still get all the bats you want today. I, I actually think Wheeler is probably going to be most people's choice, Stevie. Uh, why didn't you like him so much today? He's a favorite. He's at home. Great pitchers park, reasonable pitching weather. Uh, I know, I know the Philly lineup can be tough, but, uh, Matt's just, uh, you know, if you, uh, use Matt's last night, you, you felt pretty good at like one to 2% ownership. Not sure if you want to play Wheeler at 40% in a tournament today. Um, but why are you a little bit more on down on Wheeler than the rest of the field? No, I like Wheeler. Um, I, I don't hate him. I just, I hate the ownership. Like, mm-hmm. When we're looking at the slate, I think that the mid-range has upside. There's some pitchers in the mid-tier that has up upside. So the lineup actually is really good for him. There's only two, three lefties with Quinn being in there as well. Um, and, and, like, two of those lefties, you don't really worry about power with Quinn and Hernandez. So, really, if he can just get around Bryce Harper, I think the upside is there for Wheeler. So, again, I think Wheeler is the better play up here. But I, I, I like Maeda more just because I think he has a little bit more upside. Yeah, I pulled the bat up too. Uh, you know, cardio, uh, it's something I look at just about every single day. Uh, we've got Wheeler. The bat has Wheeler as the highest uh, fantasy point producer at pitcher today too. So I think the projection systems around the industry like Wheeler. Uh, he's at home against Philly. Uh, are you okay putting Wheeler in here as your as our SP1? And we can debate Maeda. I like Maeda quite a bit. Uh, and there's some other guys that maybe we can debate as well here. But are you comfortable putting Wheeler in as kind of like the chalk SP1 everybody's going to be using today? If we're, if we're building a chalkier lineup, sure. Um, I don't hate it. But if we were building a tournament lineup, I would certainly play Maeda over Wheeler. Yeah, we'll make some tournament teams towards the end here. But I, I always like to point out, I know it's a tournament show, but I always like to point out, hey, these are the guys that are going to be pretty highly owned, at least under, uh, you know, what I think on Yahoo. I'm playing quite a bit of cash games over there today. No tournaments. I got my GPP Brit going on on DraftKings a little bit later today. Um, so you mentioned Maeda. It's just, you know, normally last year we were looking at pitchers, you know, pretty much any slate, multiple pitchers, 20, 25, 23 fantasy points. That is just, that is not the slate today. Uh, even on Yahoo, where pitching scoring is even higher. Uh, the bat only is two guys over 20 fantasy points. Now the bat likes Lance Lynn. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to go there, but uh, he's going at Oakland. Uh, so he's got the pitcher's ballpark there. Uh, do you have any interest in Lynn against a pretty right-handed uh, Oklahoma? Yeah, I, I certainly like Lynn. The only thing that I don't like about Lance Lynn is Joe West is behind the plate and he's so inconsistent. There's a lot of bad umpires out there today too. I, I was taking a look at that. All right, the next time you interrupt me, I'm leaving the show. Like just straight up hitting the leave meeting button. But <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Like, you know, for me, I think the, the thing about Lance Lynn is all going to depend on the lineup. If it's a really right-handed heavy lineup, <laughs> um you know, he's certainly in play, you know, Grossman, Morales, Profar, probably the only lefties. So not enough to really scare you off of Lance Lynn. Stevie told me he was, he was pissed before the show guys. I should have listened. To him, so. uh, I did. I'll, I, I warned let, you. <laughs> I'll let, I'll let Stevie speak uh, and, and have on there. Yeah. So I, I think Lynn's pretty interesting. Uh, uh, what about Quintana going up against Maeda? Uh, he's put to be, uh, put together some good performances uh, back-to-back good ones. Uh, pump the brakes, right? Pittsburgh, Miami, not exactly the most stellar lineups. He's got to go against the Dodgers. I think he's slightly interesting. I think him and Maeda are pretty, pretty comparable today. He's been really good this year. Like, 
you know, he's had good matchups, but it is the Dodgers and I hate playing hitters or pitchers against the Dodgers. I will say like the weather is really good for pitchers, right? Like that's one of the reasons why we like Maeda is it's going to be cold in Chicago and the ball shouldn't be flying. You know, if you're using Ross weather edge tool, it, it's telling us that this weather should, you know, prevent a little bit more home runs and, and runs as well. Yeah. 51 degrees, wind blowing and slightly uh, not too big of a, uh, a bump in there in the wind, but yeah, good pitching weather, basically a pick them. Uh, I think you could play either pitcher in this game. Um, I think they're pretty comparable. I will be having a reasonable share of both, I think, in tournaments today. Uh, it's just the, the whole pitching slate gets pretty whack pretty quickly. Uh, how about this Toronto game? We've got Samarja going up against the bad lineup of Toronto, and then we've got Thornton going up against the bad lineup of the Giants. I think they both have upside for today. I don't think I'd play either uh, on a cash team tonight, uh, but for tournaments, these are I'm just taking like dart throws on a lot of different pitchers because I I can't really narrow down, hey, these are the five guys I want tonight. So I'm going to play a pretty wide swath of pitcher tonight throughout my tournaments. Uh, And I think both both pitchers in this game deserve some consideration. Yeah, sure. Like the upside, both these teams strike out. Like it's there, right? Like, you know, but for me, I think there's too many lefties for Thornton. You know, small, small sample, but he's really sucked against lefties. He does have a decent strikeout rate against lefties, but – think that had come down and maybe the power numbers have come down a little bit but I, I do like some of the san francisco bats and jeff samarja is so bad he's just terrible i, I can't play shark like he just doesn't strike anybody out Britt, you could go hit off of him like i i would put money on you hitting off of him because he's so bad well i see a lot i see a lot of red and plate iq for the uh the toronto guys red all the way down except for one player sogard uh, I, I don't know if we have a confirmed lineup. I haven't refreshed this in a little bit. Let me see here. Let's see if I have a Toronto lineup. Uh, do not have a Toronto lineup yet. So when that refreshes, uh, you know, when I see red basically all the way down in plate IQ. Stevie, something happens to me. I get excited. Uh, for, for starting pitching on this slate, this is enough to get me excited. Yeah, like for real. Like anytime it's all red, you know, the numbers never lie. But at the end of the day, the shark is just not good. And like Thornton's a favorite in this game. Like that just tells you how bad Jeff Samarja has dropped off over the last like three or four years. Uh, let's see if we can find any, what else you got for me a pitcher? I'm looking uh, all the way down for $25. Uh, we've got Marga Vickius, something I forget how to uh, exactly pronounce it up there. And I know you're probably going to be no help on this either here. So uh, he's Marga Vicious. Marga Vicious. I think you got that. I've been, I've been, I've been, hey, listen, okay. I've been um, working on my pronunciation of um, some of these guys from overseas. It's it's still tough, but I've been working on it. So he's the the stone minimum, 25 bucks. It seems to be the floor for pitching on Yahoo today. Now, you don't really need it. You can still make pretty good teams without going down this far today, but he gives you the uh, ability to get all the cores bats that you want and do some other things with a couple other high-priced hitters. Uh, once your interest level on him, uh, especially where it's cheap, and I think we even have him uh, on Slate IQ. Let me find. Uh, I don't know what I did with Slate IQ. Here it is. Uh, we've got him up here, at least on DraftKings, as the fourth highest owned pitcher on the slate so far. Yeah, for me, I don't think I'm going to play him. I do think this team is really good, Seattle just in general. I actually like the pitcher on the other side of this game, Swanson. He's mm-hmm. shown strikeout ability at every level um really good in triple a last season this was one of the guys that was involved in the james paxton deal so i wrote him up on lineup hq today as a value play um i like his price on yahoo i like his price across the industry um i I think he's really a guy that 
you know, has the K upside to be a difference maker today. So as long as he pitches a little bit deeper into the game, which I hope he kind of does here against San Diego. Yeah, you get uh, the late night hammer. I don't know if that really does anything for you uh, in baseball, but hey, at least you got some hope. And you see uh, mostly right-handed lineup. Uh, I think we have projected for San Diego. That should probably help him uh, out a bit. And you see some reasonable strikeout percentages. And as you mentioned, uh, lots of strikeouts in his game uh, through the minors. If I gave you five, if, I, if, you, if you knew Swanson pitched exactly five innings today, is that going to do it If he pitched five innings, six or seven strikeouts with a couple two, yeah, that's fine. Couple two earned runs, two, three earned runs. Like at this point, like you've been talking about, like, you know, pitching has been, yeah. can I get 15 to 20 instead of 25 to 30 and my bats do their thing? Yeah, you get 40 fantasy points on Yahoo combined from your pitchers today or on DraftKings or something like that. You're feeling great uh, about the rest of your team because they're they're all kind of just in the mix and the, uh, the state of baseball, it's all about offense. Uh, I don't know if Major League Baseball specifically tried to do this, but there's definitely something going on with the ball that is allowing uh, tons of offense specifically early in the year. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's put in a consensus SP2. I think you like me. I don't I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but, you know, I, I feel Dude. like it was, it, it was fair, right? <laughs> um, let's throw Homer Bailey, another name out there. Like he has really like stopped throwing his fastball as much and he's throwing a lot of breaking ball stuff. He's using his splitter a ton. Choi is out. Meadows is on the IL like Tampa. Yeah, they've been a little bit scary, but this is a great ballpark and He's $28 on Yahoo, and he has at least six strikeouts in every game this season. So uh, just another cheap guy if we're, if we're looking for a cheap guy today. Um, I think Homer Bailey's another guy we need to throw into the mix. I guess you could play somebody like Homer Bailey. He actually, I think on the bat, he was projecting reasonably well. Uh, let me go down here just a little bit. Just look at like, you know, you like all the red. Look at all the red for like the Tampa lineup with the strikeouts against right-handed pitching since the start of last season. So I want to believe in this whole splitter thing. And with the pitching on this slate, like I might just roll. I I, I have Homer Bailey in my cash lineup on DraftKings right now um, because I, I, it's just like a coin flip at this point. Yeah, you can see if you go to the premium reports, uh, a real quick view of changes in you know, his pitch types, you can see he's got, what, a 16% increase in that uh, over last year. And you can also see over the past 30 days, uh, you can see, well, it looks like his fly balls are up. Uh, let's see here. The exit velocity is up. Uh, the strikeouts are also up, though, which really helps us out in fantasy. So uh, I'm willing to take, uh, you know, if the guys are hitting the ball a little bit harder off of them, but the strikeouts get a huge boost. I don't know if he's a 30% strikeout guy over the past 30 days. Uh, eventually I think he comes down to earth a little bit so maybe he's running a little bit hot but Stevie you, you could play just about any pitcher today and I'm really not going to hold it against you <laughs> right like, <laughs> outside of maybe playing like um Jeff Hoffman <laughs> yeah I'm not playing the hot so in, in Hoffman hot dogs have you ever had one of those no I've never had a hot so dog. they're like a fam- they're like a famous hot dog they're originated in Syracuse so we have the Syracuse Mets here and uh during their games they have the Hoffman hitman and if that guy gets a hit they start throwing out like hot dogs into the crowd and then like someone gets a packages of them at, at the end of the game. So it's always funny. Uh, they got the Hoffman hitman on the mound uh, today for Colorado. Brits catching hot dogs. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> uh, anybody else? Uh, I, w- I want to go over some guys. I really don't have a lot of interest in. Um, 
Davies, probably not. I do like Swanson. Uh, he will certainly be in my uh, GPP pool. Um, Ponce Daly, so like you, you like strikeouts through the minors. Ponce Daly own had that. Uh, are you playing him against Milwaukee? Probably not. Uh, the Brewers, they're a really good offense. Yes, uh, that is a true statement for sure. Uh, I'm probably not going to be playing Ponce de Leon too much. Uh, Wade Miley, there are some times you'd want to use Wade Miley on smaller slates, on a huge slate like tonight, probably not. So I don't have a lot of interest in him. Uh, Domingo is kind of the, the late addition to the Yankees starting lineup today. I think he's outside of Mike Trout. Who's he got to worry about? Yeah, and what's interesting is, like, he's priced up on FanDuel and DraftKings, but his price on Yahoo is very, very interesting. Yeah. Like, I can't play over there because I live in Florida, but if I was playing on Yahoo, um, Herman would certainly be somebody I'd be looking at. Like, Because like you said, like, outside of Trout and maybe Calhoun, there's not really a lot of people that can, like, punish you in that lineup. Yeah, if you look at the full uh, from last year, there's not a lot of strikeouts. There's still not a ton of strikeouts this year, but there's just – there's, like, no – Nothing scary outside of Trout, who's obviously the best hitter in all of baseball. Um, you got Tommy Lastella's cranking out home runs left and right, but uh, I'm going to call that it's either juiced ball or a, a flash in the pan, something with him. Uh, Cozart and Fletcher are, are overall pretty bad. Once this lineup comes out, uh, it's probably you know going to be one of the later ones. Uh, I think Domingo is certainly someone I'm going to have to look at to have some interest in. Uh, guys like Nova today, no. Uh, Spencer Turnbull against Boston, I don't think so. Um, maybe I'll have to look into Homer Bailey a little bit more, but I'm not using Velasquez. Um, he's just not going to pitch a lot. Stratton against the Yankees. I know the Yankees lineup's bad, but I still don't think I can go there. And you just run out of other players. So um, basically for tournaments, I'm going to have a pretty wide swath, I would say. Uh, I'm going to be making 100 lineups. I don't know, somewhere between 10 to 12 pitchers, I think. It's just I, I think they are all have reasonably same outcomes. So I, I just want to have a wide swath, and hopefully the one that has 22 fantasy points ends up on the stack that ends up having a pretty good night tonight because outside of Wheeler's probably the one guy I do have a lot of conviction in, but the field also does. So I might even be underweight on Wheeler by the time it's said and done in tournaments today. But uh, cash teams, I think I'm going to be on Wheeler. Yeah, it's uh, the day I think you condense down your um, hitters and, and have a tighter core with hitters and kind of open up your pitchers a little bit. I, de- I definitely agree. All right, let's talk some bats. Uh, if you had to pick one or two bats, specifically for Yahoo today, what are some guys you're really eyeing? Yelich. Yelich is the best hitter on the slate. Like, not only is he the best hitter in baseball right now, sorry, Mike Trout, but mm-hmm. Yelich is crushing the ball. He gets a fly ball pitcher, and we know anytime there's a fly ball pitcher, Yelich is like one of the top plays. Points to the on. He's a guy that throughout his minor league career has had higher fly ball rates, and we know Yelich just mashes fly ball pitchers. So I absolutely love Yelich today. He's the guy that I'm paying up for the most in most of my lineups. So I just want to point this out because it's kind of silly. In 48 at-bats at home, Christian Yelich has 13 home runs. How many home runs does he have on the season, CD? Does he have 13? I don't he's, know. He has 13. So he's hit every home run at home this year. <laughs> 14, number 14 tonight. Maybe number 14 and 15 tonight. So you think you want Yelich over even Trout, over Coors, over everything? He's the guy you're spending up for? He's the guy I'm spending up for. I I think the other argument you can make is like uh, Soto, right? Like in Mm -hmm. Coors uh, against a bad righty. Like Soto is um, the other guy I think you can make the argument for. Soto on Yahoo is going to be like 10x the ownership of Christian Yelich tonight, I would imagine. Even better. (laughs) <laughs> so uh yeah soto is definitely he's a, he's a guy i'm really trying to find uh against the hoffman hitman jeff hoffman plus the bullpen plus cores 
You get the splits. He's a really good hitter. I think he should be up there in kind of the next salary tier, sort of with the Yelichs and the Trouts tonight, based on uh, everything he has going for him. I get a little bit of a discount. So uh, I think I'm actually a little bit more on Soto than I am Yelich tonight. But uh, are you comfortable throwing Soto in here? That's fine. All right. I'll throw him in there. I think we both agree on him. Uh, what else? I brought up Yahoo pricing uh, on my other screen here. Uh, what are a couple other guys that really kind of stand out for you tonight? Yonder Alonzo stands out, you know, first base is loaded. Don't get me wrong, but he's getting a nice discount compared to some of these other first basemen on the slate. Um, we, I tagged him over there and um, he's like 14 bucks on Yahoo. It, this is a great spot to attack Andrew Kashner. Love the White Sox. They're a top stack for me. So Alonzo is a guy that kind of stands out where we don't have to really break the bank at first base and still get the upside that we're looking for. Yeah, uh, Alonzo's good. I think a lot of people, if you used Mark Reynolds last night, um, you might use him again tonight. He's just 12 bucks. Uh, would you take Alonzo for the extra two bucks, obviously? I would, especially like just thinking about like Core's ownership being inflated. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a little bit more, you can get guys like uh, Zimmerman is 16. I think that's a pretty reasonable price on Zimmerman. Uh, there are a couple other plays down here too. Um, but I, I think I think my first baseman's pretty likely to be uh, Alonzo or, or probably Zimmerman today. So I'm right on, uh, right on board with you on that. Uh, I want to take a look at Slate IQ and see, uh, at least in terms, uh, again, Slate IQ is basically just for DraftKings. And I wanted to see... Where are we at the White Sox in total ownership? It looks like they're coming in a little bit lower than what I thought they were going to be one of like the second highest owned team, basically just a little bit behind cores, but um, we've got 102% total ownership on the Washington bats and just 66 on the White Sox. Uh, somehow uh, this is really surprising. Washington is actually uh, a slight positive leverage right now, but if you had to choose and you knew Washington was going to be, you know, much more heavily stacked than the White Sox tonight. I, I think I'd probably lean the White Sox uh, as a stack if I was only making one money. So. Yeah, I, White Sox, like Houston's my favorite stack on the slate, but White Sox are my second favorite. Yeah, Houston, uh, you got some positive leverage on Houston as well. So if you guys uh, are new to Slate IQ, we've just released this uh, recently. Uh, if you're a premium member, uh, make sure don't go by what's here now because as ownership changes, there can be some pretty wild swings in the leverage and all those things on Slate IQ. So if you use it, make sure to check it back. I think we put a deadline of like 6.15, 45 minutes before lock. So if you check it at like 6.20, 6.30, uh, that's the best way to use it to get the most accurate data of kind of all, all the past slates and the ownership and stuff like that. But uh, Slate IQ is really a, a really good tool. I know it's just DraftKings only. But a lot of the ownership kind of carries over to some of the other sites too. So um, I would I would expect Washington to be the highest owned uh, plays on Yahoo as well. Uh, all right, I'm going to throw in a couple of plays here. Uh, let me see. Uh, let me go to some hitters here. So Soto uh, was up there. Zimmerman. Uh, we always like some good point per dollar plays, and there can be a lot of them on Yahoo. A uh, couple of them at first base. I want to throw this out here too. Eric Thames. If Eric Thames makes the lineup, uh, he's seven bucks on Yahoo tonight. See, yeah, he he's cheap. Um, Chris Davis is really cheap too. He's batting seven yeah. against Ivan Nova. Uh, I hate playing Chris Davis, but he's really cheap. Um, Nikki Delmonico is batting six against Andrew Kashner. He's eight bucks over yeah. there on, he's, on Yahoo. He's going to be very popular on Yahoo tonight. I think. Yeah, I would expect him to be popular. Like, Travis Shaw is really cheap across the industry. The other guy that kind of stood out to me, he's not in a great matchup or in a great ballpark, but 
Polanco is not going to be $13 on Yahoo for too yeah. long. It was his first game back last night. Yeah, so I think we just nailed the chalk outfield on Yahoo today. It's going to be Gregory Polanco uh, against Luke Weaver. We're going to have uh, Juan Soto, and then I think Delmonico is going to round out. Uh, if I had to pick the three chalkiest outfielders, uh, at least, you know, for, for cash games for sure, um, but even in tournaments, these guys can make their way in there. These, this looks like the, the clear chalk in the outfield, Steve. Yeah, you play on Yahoo more than I do, but I would guess that Delmonico would be extremely popular at that price against mm-hmm. Kashner. Uh, let's look at third base. So we've got Arenado at home against the lefty, and he's not the most expensive player at the position today. So he's going up against a good lefty, but his numbers versus lefties in his career, it's like Babe Ruth, right? Back when he used to play in like the 20s or whatever like that. Uh, just absolutely insane numbers. Is he worth the discount or would you be going somewhere else at third base today? If you fade Moncada today, you're doing it wrong. But if I'm not playing Moncada, I think Arenado and Carpenter are the two other third basemen. Yep, I tend to agree on that one. Which one do you want to kind of plug in here? Which one do you think is going to end up having a little bit more ownership? Um, See, Carpenter's really cheap, right? Like he's yes. $18 over there and he's a discount. But I think Arenado will still be the most popular, right? I mean, Arenado at home versus a lefty is like one of the bigger – I don't care what lefty is, one of the bigger locks you can get in all of baseball. Yeah, for sure. I, I think Arenado's the play if you're not playing Moncada. Um, I'm going to throw in Arenado. I think we can make that work. And even if we go um, a little – if I plug in, you know, you talked uh, Kenta Maeda earlier. So we have Maeda with – oh, you know what? I forgot. So, so we've got Maeda Wheeler. We've got Soto. We've got Arenado. We've got uh, some pretty good values elsewhere. We still have 12 bucks. Looking like it's not too hard to make a lineup on Yahoo tonight. Yeah, um, solid. You can always get a cheap catcher. I'm sure there'll be some cheap catchers out there. And, you know, if if not, like Martin Molinato is $7 and they're mm-hmm. going to be bringing in Jalen Beeks. So he's going to face a lefty for at least two at-bats. Um. Any other – I think this is good enough to kind of give the, the the people a little bit of a lean onto what some of the chalkier plays are. Uh, I want to go to kind of the, the tournament section here today with some stacks. And uh, maybe I, I've got a, a little tool I can bring up too here. And just talk about – you know, I, I'll, I'll mix in some ownership uh, kind of questions and, and maybe you can talk a little bit more, you know, sneaky stacks and your favorite stacks and things like that today. But what are we doing? I, I'm expecting – uh, I don't think Yahoo ownership, we do have it, but I don't think it's in there yet. I always like to look at it. It is in here. So we can kind of, yeah. Uh, so your boy Yelich was 4% owned and we've got Soto <laughs> at 16% owned. <laughs> People don't like playing Christian Yelich, man. It's weird. It's, it's really weird. Uh, and we got Chris Davis. I'm interested at pitcher because uh, this is kind of the, the, the tough spot. Uh, so we've got Zach Wheeler at 52% owned. And then uh, I kind of agree with Jamino on this. It's just uh, pick your SP2 and and have fun. This is exactly what I what I expected the ownership to look like. Yeah, there's zero chance that I would play Zach Wheeler at 52% owned. Um, would you play Phillies if you knew Wheeler was going to be that high owned? I don't think like, I don't mind maybe playing Harper, but he, he's, a, he's chalk for a reason. He, he's in a good matchup. It's just, it's baseball. The numbers are really inflated this season and 50% ownership on a pitcher is insane. Um, so I want to look at slate IQ because I would imagine with Wheeler being so chalky 
that the total ownership for Philly is probably going to be pretty low, and it is. And uh, as no surprise to me, uh, they actually have a, a pretty reasonable positive leverage currently right now here. So do you employ things like this? We know Wheeler's going to be really popular tonight. And by that reason, nobody's going to stack Philadelphia. I mean, the Philadelphia bats are amazing. Some of those guys are really, really good, Stevie. This looks like a really good spot. To, uh, you know, I tried the Philadelphia stack last night when Matt's, uh, you know, Matt's happened to have a, a reasonably good game. I only made one handmade tournament team. And I, I picked the Phillies. Needless to say, I finished like dead last in that tournament. But I mean, you, you get like the double, right? You get to take out the, the high owned pitcher and have a low owned stack. That looks like a pretty good spot tonight. Yeah, the Phillies, man, they they burned me last night. But I, I honestly, I really don't hate ever stacking Philadelphia. They have a really good team. So um, nice leverage, like you said. Yeah, that looks pretty good. Uh, our highest leverage team currently, uh, usually this is going to be a, a lot of uh, the, the lower mid owned teams. And it's the Mets. Uh, I think that's fine. Detroit against Boston tonight. And uh, St. Louis, right? I like that because we don't have St. Louis gra- grabbing too much ownership, specifically on DraftKings. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be making a lot of stacks of a lot of these kind of teams tonight, like the mid-tier. I think that's uh, that's where I'll be going. Maybe I'll fade Washington overall. But what do you got? What's your kind of tournament strategy tonight? I love Houston. Um, Michael Pineda, a guy that gives up a lot of fly balls with a lot of hard contact mm-hmm. against righties. And facing a team full of right-handed bats i think houston has a chance to hit like three four five six home runs tonight so houston's going to be a team that i'm really going to be focusing a lot of my tournament ownership on tonight yeah so i've plugged in like a five-man stack now you can get up to six on yahoo so that's cool too if you want to do that the problem i'm having I, i i did the yahoo show yesterday and we tried to stack up houston you run out of salary because <laughs> like when all your bats cost $20, it's very prohibitive uh, to kind of do that on Yahoo sometimes. So even if I use, how do you say the name again? Which Mar- one? The San Diego pitcher. Oh, Marge Vicious. Marge Vicious. Uh, so if I use him and then I use, let's say, I use your boy Homer Bailey. I mean, I can make this work, but I'm basically at like $10 left per position player. We pointed out, you know, that is possible but you are really dumpster diving a pitcher if you stack Houston. Yeah, I, I, I'm just playing with it. Um, I was able to make Homer Bailey and and Herman work, Herman work with a Houston stack. Let's see. So Bailey and Domingo, that's basically right around the the minimum. But there's always plenty of seven. You know, we had Chris Davis, we had Delmonico. There's plenty of catchers in that mid tier. You can make something like that work today. So yeah, you just. You, you take one of the, the, the punt catchers, you take Delmonico. It, it, you can make it work if you want to. Um, and if I was playing on Yahoo, it's certainly something that I would look at doing. Um, I want to talk about um, more like large field tournaments because uh, I noticed this. I've got a little fancy uh, tool. I'm going to bring it onto the screen here. And I want to just kind of bring this up and have like a generalization. So do you usually, you don't really MME too much. You sort of like hand build a couple of teams usually Stevie. Yeah. I usually make like three to five and then I'll play like the 20 entry max or something on certain slates. Like I'll play the 20 entry max tonight because there's going to be a chalk pitcher and I'll fade him. So like on spots like that, where I, I feel like I have some leverage, I'll, I'll play the 20 entry max for some fun. So I pulled, this is the DraftKings, like they had like a huge 60,000 person, like $5 tournament or something last night, right? And uh, I was talking in the, we have a Slate IQ channel that kind of goes into that. And, you know, like, not only are you trying to pick a team that's going to score the most runs on the slate, 
but you also have to then beat all the other teams that all, all the other entries that also pick that top team. So this was like 60,000 entries, 5,500 people in this. So almost like it was like 9% of the field stacked Colorado. I, I don't usually like those odds in these huge field tournaments, CV. I feel like, cause you're, you're just fighting so, so many people. So not only am I in my head, Colorado has to be the highest scoring team or one of them. I now have to beat the other 5,500 other people that also thought that exact same thing. So on nights like this, I was looking at, you know, slate IQ. It looks like Washington is going to garner quite a bit of ownership tonight. And rightfully so, right? Bad pitcher in cores looks like a really good spot, but if they're going to be this highly owned, Colorado is popping off at about the same ownership yesterday. I think I'm going to end up fading kind of like the highest owned stack and, and these large, large slates. Um, I don't foresee myself really having any Washington stacks. Yeah, I certainly understand that. Like anytime like a chalk pitcher or the highest owned stack, it's baseball. There's such high Mm -hmm. variance in baseball that Mike Trout against the worst pitcher in baseball can go 0 for 4. It happens. So, you know, getting leverage on the field in these large field tournaments is certainly something you want to do. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, uh, again, I played the Phillies last night. They scored like one run. So that didn't really work out for me there. But uh, when I'm MME, I'm playing a hundred lineups on DK today. Um, I don't know if I think Washington's going to come in with like, you know, nine to 10% of the field, just as stacks, this doesn't even include three mans or one offs, right? Like there's just so much ownership on these dudes that I'm going to end up uh, probably taking a pass, at least on Washington tournaments tonight. So, you know, you know what that means, Stevie? Washington scoring 22 runs tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that means I, need, I need, I need to run 150 Washington sacks. <laughs> yeah, I can almost guarantee it. Um, but yeah, I always like talking, uh, especially the, the slate IQ. There, there's a lot that we talk about in that channel to try to determine, Hey, what's good, relevant info. Well, how can we improve this and things like that? And it's just, you know, that really stuck a, you know, struck a chord. Not only are you trying to, if you're picking the chalkiest teams, pick the one team to score the most amount of runs but if that does happen you're just also competing against so many other people that have that same idea that it's almost impossible to hit the nut stack on something like that so so i tend to take a pass on those in tournaments but anyway i sort of went off on a tangent here um what are kind of some of the the lower mid you mentioned houston and uh if i pull up slate iq for DraftKings, we've got houston as the one two three four fifth own stack but it's also you know, under half the ownership that Washington's going to be tonight. So as long as you like swerve away from Washington, you can really create leverage on just about everything. So uh, a team like Houston, I think you're onto something, right? Slight positive leverage looks pretty good. These mid-tier ownership teams are, are where I generally try to hammer my ownership throughout the day. Yeah. Um, I like Houston. You mentioned the Mets being a team that could go really under the radar and with Cano being back in there, there's four really solid lefties. You throw Alonzo in there, and you have a nice little five-man stack. So I think the Mets are interesting. Zach Eflin's really been struggling against lefties for a while. And Conforto, Nimmo, like we have the the power upside on top of, you know, guys being able to get on base as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I can certainly get behind the Mets. And, you know, um, the weather's not too great. The park's not great. But Eflin can get hit. I this game's really interesting because I like the Mets. And while I do like Wheeler, what I really like is the Phillies offense against a high-owned Wheeler. That sounds like one of the most ultimate leverage spots you can get tonight. So uh, I think I'm going to include Philadelphia in a, in a good portion of my stacks tonight. Uh, a couple people in chat 
uh, are telling you that they like Houston. Um, we'll take some QQs uh, in a little bit. Don't get them going too quick, uh, Devin. Wait about five minutes, and we'll start answering those tonight. Uh, what else are you really looking at? You mentioned Houston. Uh, I don't really want to talk too much about cores. There's not a lot of huge totals. We've got the White Sox. We've got Baltimore. Uh, which side of that game would you be more apt to stack? I think the White Sox are going to certainly be the higher own team, but um, I don't know. I think Baltimore can, you know, put up some some numbers against Nova here. I really hope Baltimore stinks tonight because I want to stack them tomorrow. <laughs> Who, who's on the mound um, tomorrow? Irvin Santana's pitching for the White Sox tomorrow. Well, I mean, that's um, not going to be a secret then. I know. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I do like Baltimore. Um you know, Mancini Smith back in the lineup certainly helps Nunez, um, you know, right there, that little like two, three, four is an interesting, like, you know, add on stack. The other team that I, I think is going to really, really fly under the radar tonight is the Kansas city Royals. Um, Jalen Beeks is going to come in is what it sounds like anyway, who knows when it comes to Tampa, but that's what it sounds like right now. And he's really not good at holding on runners um, from what I was researching. And, you know, we know Merrifield and Mondesi like, the upside for stolen bases for those guys is just massive here if it is Beaks that comes in. The 9-1-2, right? Yeah, and that would be a nice little 9-1-2 stack for sure. They're just running around the bases the whole time over there. Um, I got a QQ from Bazinga in chat, so I want to answer this. Uh, he asked, in a three-entry max, would you still fade the most popular stack, or could you get away with just using lower on pitchers? In a three-entry max, so this was in a 60,000-person tournament. When you're only making three, one, you're most likely hand-making those teams. So it's a lot harder to not click the owner, the high owned guys. So in a three max, the ownership gets even more intensified on the highest owned stacks. And if I was playing a three max, I would steer as far away from the highest owned stack for sure. In those tournaments. What's, what's your overall take on that? Stevie? Yeah. So three inch max, you, you are likely going to build it by hand. So you can, you can kind of dictate how you want to mm -hmm. make your lineup. So if you make one with a chalkier build, you, you really want to make your other two like contrarian type builds is how I would approach it. If, you know, we, we could talk an hour on three entry max. I love three entry max tournaments are one of my favorite tournaments, but just kind of a quick answer would be, I don't mind maybe making a, a popular stack, but would maybe... you click Washington? If you knew Washington's going to just stacks of Washington will take up 12% of the field tonight. See, I people like Washington more than I like Washington, but I, I think you can stack Washington with like, two less like two sub five percent pitchers and some interesting one-offs mm -hmm. yeah i think uh, i would i would generally steer whatever the chalk is uh, i've looked at this a lot it gets even chalkier in the smaller field three entry max tournaments so i would tend to fade that even more than i would uh, a large field tournament at least from from my experience and how i like to play um all right best, best tournament to fade those guys in are single entries for what it's worth like Daggle, then it intensifies even more <laughs> it gets insanely high if you fade the chalk stack in single entry tournaments you already gain an edge yes uh, you're basically uh playing rake free if you do that in my opinion uh all right Devin, i know you want to start throwing some qqs in there so throw them in here uh specifically guys if you got any yahoo questions tonight i'm playing a, a lot of cash games over there bring them up and we'll try to get to them um San Diego pitcher, cash or tournament viable? I, I almost think both. I mean, on Yahoo, he's he's the minimum price on Yahoo. And if you're trying to put together point-per-dollar teams, kind of grades out pretty good on Yahoo today. I don't know if he has the most upside, but uh, I say he's he's playable in any format today on Yahoo. 
I would probably play Homer Bailey over him, but I understand why people are playing him. Yeah, I think uh, Marga Vickius. I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to get like the YouTube pronunciation to be able to say that quick, but uh, I think he's gonna be pretty reasonably popular, specifically on Yahoo today. And we already had him as the fourth highest owned on DraftKings. Um, so if you're looking to get a swerve off ownership and you like Stevie's take on Homer Bailey, uh, I think that's a reasonable spot. Uh, Stevie, I don't know if you see the Roto Grinders chat. Devin was Devin was not joking around that he was jonesing to post QQs from YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> he was. <laughs> he was not joking around on this. Um, is it a Randall Grichuk double dong day? I don't know. <laughs> it certainly could be. Um, you know, Samarja, not a guy that is missing many bats nowadays. So Grichuk does um, profile really well against him too. Like, Rowdy Tells and, and Grichik will be the two dudes I play from Toronto. Sure. Uh, I think Grichik is fine. The price a little high on Yahoo, right? For my liking, 17 bucks. you can probably do much better spending up a little or spending down. But if you're stacking up Toronto, you definitely want to have him in there today. Um, YouTube, maybe they weren't paying attention, Stevie. Houston stack, explain to me why uh, maybe they missed it earlier in the show, why you like Houston so much. Yeah, my favorite stack in the slate, Michael Pineda, fly ball pitcher that gives up a lot of hard contact to righties, a team full with right-handed bats. Don't forget Brantley. He's a ground ball hitter against a fly ball pitcher. Um, it just makes for a really, really good stack today. Uh, any Abreu tonight? Uh, the answer to that, yes, of course. You, if you're playing, uh, I think Abreu is a fine cash game option. I think he's fine as a tournament one-off, and I think he's fine in a stack. I don't really see how you couldn't play Abreu, Abreu tonight. I like Alonzo a little bit more, but Abreu is mm-hmm. certainly a guy. Like, Fandle is where you can play both of them, so I like mm-hmm. it more over there. He's just, uh, Abreu is $2 more than Alonzo on Yahoo today. That's not doing it for you. You'd rather play Alonzo? Yep, rather play Alonzo. Um, rank these starting pitchers. These are kind of like the, well, I don't know. It's kind of like all over the board. So we got Domingo, we got Luke Weaver, Lance Lynn, uh, Montes, and Thornton. I think I'd go Herman Lynn weaver montas thornton i have the first two the same as you so herman and lynn uh, i like thornton i just think that san francisco lineup can be uh total garbage sometimes uh, i'll take luke weaver and then montas is rounding out the end for you i think they're all very similar and you could probably ask three or four different people and you're going to get different answers than me and stevie just gave as well uh let's see basically a twin stack tonight uh what's your interest in the twins a couple of those guys uh did pretty well last night yeah like they're not really like super on my radar but i could understand like so i i am a firm believer in the cutter from wade miley so you really want to look at like how these teams like how these guys perform and like the only guy that i have interest in the twins tonight is nelson cruz um so probably not i'm probably not too high on the twins tonight um you want to use you know twins last night made a little bit more sense against a more popular pitcher that wasn't even really gonna pitch too much anyway in uh who, who was a peacock last night right so that made a little bit more sense right because you get the the double bonus you get to take out the the high owned pitcher plus have a low owned stack and you're not really taking out a pitcher because i don't really expect a lot of ownership on miley so uh last night the stack made a little bit more sense than i think it does tonight so I'm probably going to pass. Uh, don't think the Twins are going to make the cut for me tonight. Uh, Travis Shaw, cash versus GPP. And Stevie, have you been watching what Travis Shaw has been doing? Have you been rostering him? I have been playing him. 
So you know, last night, it. last night worked out good. But other than that, it's just been atrocious for him all season long. What are you? What are we doing with him? He's super cheap still. Um, his hard hit rate is still super fine. It's just a strikeout. Is the strikeouts are there? Like they're awful. Like I think he gets some positive regression on some of these numbers, but. 35 30 almost 36 percent k rate kind of worries me how much is he on DraftKings? i'm gonna pull on because he was 3k last night and that was like i, I played him over on DraftKings last night and let me find his we all played him on DraftKings yeah, last so night he's 3200 i mean i get it you know it fits in a cash games you don't have to spend a bajillion dollars on pitching today um I still think just with that price solo, I still think you can pull the trigger in cash games. The If you play him, I, I don't put more than maybe like one trap. Like I wouldn't play Travis Shaw and let's say like Chris Davis on the same cash team. Does that make sense to you, Stevie? Yep. So I, I don't play those type of guys more than one in a lineup in cash. Um, so, so limit it that way. And then of course in tournaments, obviously Travis Shaw, Hey, hit a home run last night for cheap. Uh, he can certainly come through again. Uh, let's get a couple more. Uh, Correa or Tim Anderson? I can't believe that's an actual question, but it is. Correa. I mean, it's Correa, but can you really overlook what Anderson's been doing so far this year? It's close. I, I say Correa fast, but it is close. Like, Tim Anderson is certainly a guy that I like as well, but it's Correa for me. I like Houston a lot. Yeah, I can't believe that's a real question, but uh, it is. Uh, I think I would side with Correa as well. Um, favorite catcher tonight, Cash versus gpp not exactly sure what site so we didn't really talk about catchers on yahoo uh so let, let's run down the gamut here catcher what are what are some of the the plays really standing out what's um do we have a cores we have a rockies lineup but we don't have the nationals lineup yet i'm hoping gomes gets back in there because i think he's 13 on yahoo tonight. yeah certainly like a, a course catcher makes a lot of sense um wellington castillo Hits in three of his last four games after starting really slow. Um, JT Real Muto against Zach Wheeler to get the leverage. I hate playing Buster Posey, but he's a catcher that bats third. He's really cheap on Yahoo, so, you know, you can play him. But, yeah, it's just it's a weird slate for catcher. Um, you, you, we do have some catchers batting, like, in the top five. I, I would try to maybe, you know, focus on those guys. What do we got? We got Castillo in that five spot at 13. Gomes will probably bat fifth or sixth, I would imagine, tonight, too. Who would you and Wilson Ramos, too, also five. And I always like Ramos for cash because he he typically doesn't leave you with a zero at the end of the night. He always uh, does a little something. Uh, and, you know, I don't mind getting a couple, uh, a zero or two, but I really try to uh, avoid the guys that get the zero. I think I'd take – if Gomes is hitting fifth, would you take Castillo or Gomes tonight? um i hate playing catchers um castillo probably just because i think there's going to be a lot of rbi potential in front of him Mm -mm. gomes is fine too they're both really close yeah because i think castillo the the baltimore not only is uh cashner bad but the bullpen's also absolutely atrocious as well so it's just it's a plus at bats the entire night for castillo I think I might lean uh, lean the beef there uh, if I had to take a, a catcher right now. Uh, Dodgers stack. So nobody's really playing the Dodgers. Uh, I can pull up Slate IQ here, and you can see as a whole their aggregate ownership. Uh, where is it? It's 25%, which is basically tied with like a whole bunch of other teams, you know, starting towards the mid to lower tier today. Uh, what's your overall thought on them for offense today? 
I really like Turner. Bellinger's been hitting lefties really well, and AJ Pollock. That makes her a really interesting, like three, four, five stack. If you want to go that route, um, Kiki Hernandez. If you want to throw a fourth person in, but they're not like. If this weather was different, but it's going to be like super cold. Like mm-hmm. I think it's going to be like fifty-one degrees at first pitch, and just going down in Chicago after that. So just don't really see the ball flying as much there as like in Houston with you know really good weather. I, I like the lineup the Dodgers put together, right? Kiki, Turner, Freeze, Seager, Pollock can hit lefties. Bellinger has been hitting them and he's hitting six, right? When Cody Bellinger's your six hitter, you know, you got yourself a pretty good lineup put together. Chris Taylor, uh, Austin Barnes. So I, I like the Dodgers lineup, which if you had to pick an offense in that game, they're both going to be relatively low owned. It looks like the Cubs just a smidge lower. Where would you rather, which side would you rather take in that game? I'd much rather have the Dodgers think so too i think um i think my is a much better pitcher than uh jose quintana and i like the lineup the dodgers threw out today so i think I'd, I'd side with the dodgers as well uh let's see here we can get a couple more starlin castro is a punt on yahoo not someone on my radar today um how about you is it like a different slate? Like yeah, maybe like... played the all day slate. Um, so that's not even on here. So yeah, that's that was the all day slate. I would say no. I don't. I don't think you need that on the all day slate. No, I'm not playing starting Castro against Carlos Carrasco. Yes, uh, I wouldn't do that. Uh, Edwin E five today. No issues with E five today. Uh, I would agree. Not the highest priority player, but if you're stacking Seattle, you better have him in there. Uh, let's see here. Any. Any cubbies tonight? I'm looking at the lineup uh, against Maeda. I don't know. It'd be like Rizzo, right? Like that's the answer. The, the Cubs are very cheap. Both both these teams are dirt cheap on DraftKings. This is it's interesting because they're they're so cheap, but nobody's using them because <laughs> you don't need to see you don't need any cheap bats today. Yeah, that's fantastic. The pitchers are just so cheap today. Yeah. Um... I'm I'm not too interested in the Cubs. Uh, I think Maeda doesn't really get blown up too much. Uh, in a Toronto stack, I uh, got Smoke or Rowdy Rowdy. Um, I think I would go Rowdy today. Most days would be Smoke, but I think today I'd go Rowdy. All right, I'm bringing up Plate IQ. We're gonna end this once and for. This is why every site needs utility. So like it, it just allows right. you to kind of do what you want with lineups. Because I don't want to choose. I want to play both of them. Uh, but let's take a look here at the Toronto hitters. I've got it pulled up. Uh, I've got this season. Let's go back to the start of last season. Uh, we've got Smoke, you know, Rowdy in, what, a quarter of the at-bats has some better numbers. Walks less, strikeouts about the same, better Woba, better ISO. Maybe it is Rowdy today. Yeah, it's just Rowdy. Like, I don't want walks. Don't walk. Hit yeah. the ball. Strike out or hit the ball. Well, so walks on Yahoo are actually good. Walks on DraftKings are bad. So if you so (laughs) so the the two is very tilting to me that you get two for the walk on DraftKings, but three for a single, where Yahoo treats them both the same. So the walks are less bad than you really want. Um so I don't mind uh, a guy with a little bit higher walk rate. Singles don't win championships, Britt. Hey, they they get you there. You know, they 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 get your runs and some RBIs possibly as well. Uh let's see here. Uh Hernan or Cano as a one-off today? Cano. Eflin stinks against lefties. Yes, that is a very, very easy question. 
Uh, let's see here. Got a couple more. Chris Davis or Delmonico as a punt today? Delmonico? Speci- on Yahoo, I think yes, because the outfield punts are uh, a little bit they're more intriguing than the first base punts because if you just go up a couple dollars at first base, you get some really good players where in the outfield it's like they're seven, they're 13, and then they're $28 to find kind of like the good plays today. So I think I would take uh, Delmonico, uh, at least on Yahoo, if we were doing that. Uh, any thoughts on Calhoun tonight? Not really. He's not a guy that's really on my radar. Guess the same. Not, you know, if you're if you're stacking up the Angels, yes. But uh, I don't think I'd be playing Cole Calhoun on a cash team today. I don't think I would stack the Angels either. The Yankees have one of the best bullpens in baseball. Uh, let's see here. If we can get a couple more QQs. Dwight Smith Jr. in a DraftKings tournament. Uh, where's he sitting up in the lineup for Baltimore today, I believe? Hitting third. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even realize. He's 4.9K on DraftKings. <laughs> Probably not going to play him on DraftKings at that price. The, the, Outside the, of a Baltimore stack or the, game stack. The, I can't believe Dwight Smith Jr. is 4,900. And then I know it's against a good pitcher, but Anthony Rizzo, it's a different position, is 4K. Chris Bryant's 3.9K. Corey Seager's 4K. Justin Turner's 3,600, right? It's just, it's crazy that the, such the, uh, the pricing fluctuations based off matchup. Uh, but I, I kind of like it uh, a little bit over there today. So, uh, but I would not be playing Dwight Smith Jr. Favorite SP2. This is going to be, this is like the question of the day. I think Wheeler is everybody's kind of SP1 today uh, going up against Philadelphia. I think in tournaments, I'm going to be underweight Wheeler uh, while using Wheeler on my cash teams. That is my current plan here today. Uh, if we're not using Wheeler, what else are we doing? Uh, what's an SP2 we can use? um swanson i like swanson or um like i said i, like, I really like homer bailey uh, I, he's gonna cost me a bunch of money i'm gonna have a raised head stack just in case just in case but i, I like homer bailey uh, i would play uh i like uh marga Vicius if it gets you uh some salary savings specifically on yahoo and uh i don't mind either of the pitchers in the cubs dodgers game um i think both are relatively safe with a smidge of upside and that gets it done today in my opinion because all the pitchers out there there are a lot of question marks today so that's kind of where I would look and then I think Lance Lynn me and Stevie both agreed against Oakland um, can strike out some of the righties Uh, I think Lynn's probably another guy Uh, let's see here Gomes Grandal or Real Muto in a tournament yes Uh, Real Muto yes the answer is yes <laughs> yeah really it is <laughs> all yeah, of the, it, it'd be real moots for me uh gomes is probably gonna draw a lot of ownership do we have the lineup, find the lineup. i think somebody in chat just said it came out did the lineups page like move around on me why can i not i don't see that game either <laughs> yeah what happened to the lineups page it just disappeared all right so it's yeah, not refresh just- it here it's not just me. He is batting six. Uh, yeah, I like Gomes. The answer is yes. You can play all of those in a tournament. I don't think any of them is going to be wrong. If you're playing uh, on Yahoo, um, Howie Kendrick is $17 for what it's worth. Where is he hitting? He's hitting in the four spot. 
Four spot. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Oh yeah, I got it. Eaton, uh, Robles, Soto, Kendrick. I really like Soto. Those are some really nice guys to have on in front of them. Kendrick, Zimmerman, Gomes. That's a really nice lineup that uh, Washington put out today. So I like that Washington lineup. Uh, that's going to about do it for the Yahoo show. We've got the fantasy draft show coming up next. And then we've got crunch time coming up after that uh, for your premium members. Don't forget today, even if you aren't a premium member, you can go read Cheese's Goods article, The Million Dollar Musings. It is free for all Roto Grinders users today. Just click on the main page on Roto Grinders. You will see it uh, there for your reading if you want to dig through all of his thoughts. Other than that, Stevie, I hope the rest of your day goes better than it did. And I hope you don't yell at anybody else like you yelled at me earlier. You can take it, Brett. All right. Yeah, I can, I can handle it. Uh, I'll be down in Florida. Uh, I'll, well, maybe I won't see you, but uh, I'll be down there trying not to get sunburned uh, next week. Yes, I, I hope you don't get sunburned. I'll be, you'll be in Florida and I'll be in like Alabama. Uh, that's going to do it for the show. Thanks to Yahoo for sponsoring the show. Go check out some of their games over there. Thanks to Stevie for joining me. I'm Britt. Thanks to all you for watching. And we out. Yeah. This is Kevin Cole, Director of Data Analytics at Roto Grinders, and I'm here to walk you through our new Slate IQ product, this time for Major League Baseball slates. So those who are familiar with what we've done with the NBA, a lot of this is going to look similar, but we brought some new wrinkles to it that'll be specific to MLB contests. Right off the top, I'll say that this is for DraftKings only content, because that's where we have the most robust set of data to work off in our results db database so the key here and the the key to the whole structure is building off of the results and insights that we get from similar slates so we have thousands of previous slates in our database what we do is we look at the main slate coming up uh, for that day and for the next day and we match that slate against all of the previous slates, we find the 25 most similar slates in terms of how many values there are at different positions, in terms of where the chalk is for pitchers and for hitters, and in terms of some of the big macro things like how many games are on the slates and how many different players there are available at different positions. So there's a lot of texture for how we're looking at it. And then once we match those previous slates to the current slate we take the top 25 and we crunch a bunch of numbers there to give you insights into what may be successful in upcoming slates so the first thing i want to talk about here is the main table what we call slate texture on here and as you'll see the slate texture has a bunch of different items it gives you what we call similar and average now similar in this context is based only on the 25 most similar slates that we've calculated here. The average is looking at all slates of a similar type game count. So a similar number of players, similar number of games that are in total in the slate. And we crunch all the different numbers. You can get an idea of how this particular slate probably fares versus what would be on average. Now we give you the cash line for, for 50-50s and double ups. Uh, we give you the GPP line, and we're calling this the top 0.1% of entries, what they averaged on here for the two. We look at the win. So the number one ranked entry for GPPs, what the average was there. Obviously, it's a lot higher than what you're seeing in the others and then what you see in, in, in the average. And then below that, 
we have a bunch of numbers. Now we have stack ownership and chalk hit rate. I'll, I'll take stack and ownership together. These are proprietary formulas that we came up with, which weight higher numbers for either a great deal of stacking and bigger stacks get a higher weight here. And then ownership, how high the ownership is of particular players. So we're talking about whether or not the chalkiest pitcher and hitter options are much higher than what you would see in a normal slate. And 50 is the average. So you see it comes it comes in here. And you see this this stack in particular that we're this and you'll see this slate in particular that we're looking at, stacking is a little bit less used than it was on average, whereas ownership, people are really uh, using higher owned players in these similar slates. As we go down, chalk hit rate. Now, this is looking at the top two pitchers and the top five hitters by ownership on all these different slates and how often they're hitting or not, meaning that they're represented in a higher percentage of winning lineups versus what they are for the field. And then as we dig further into, you know, game count, just letting you know the averages are about the same here. Number of players, as you'd expect, a little bit more here uh, for the similar versus the the average. And then as you go down, we have the average salaries for the pitchers for the the most expensive pitcher in the second, and then average ownership for the most expensive in the second here for those different things. So that's kind of the main slate texture table that really enables us to look at everything from a high macro level. And now the, the powerful stuff that we're going to dig into here, and I think this will be one of the more powerful things, is team stacking. So we have every single team on the slate here. And when we're thinking about this in terms of team stacking, we're looking at four and five hitter stacks. So what we've done is for each one of these teams, I'm looking at the total level of ownership of all the different batters, all the different nine batters that are in the starting lineup. But I'm also looking at the gradation between uh, the highest, who are the chalkiest players on this, who are the lowest, and I'm also looking at the fantasy point distributions there, and I'm taking these particular teams for tonight's slate, I'm matching them against the closest analogous teams from the 25 most similar slates, and that's how I'm crunching some of these numbers. So like I said, the total ownership comes from what's actually happening on tonight's slate. The winner amount, now this is the top 0.1%, how often they had those similar teams in their winning lineups. The field is the same thing, how often the field had those similar teams in winning lineups. And then I have uh, the difference between the two, which is a simple subtraction. And then the leverage, which is the winner divided by the field. And then you're seeing the percentage over over the field. So you're seeing here for, for Boston, for instance, it's going to be the most highly owned in total, all these different batters. I'm estimating that the field is going to have this about 10.3% ownership of four or five hitter stacks. Uh, the winners by the similar slates is about 12.5%, so you're getting a little bit of a difference there, and you're getting leverage there. And like I said, we're calculating this for every single team on the slate. So I think this is going to be pretty powerful in driving insights from these 25 most similar slates. Uh, the next one we have is stack type leverage. So this is looking at some very popular stack types here, and these are not going to change. These are going to be the same every single slate. Um, but we're basing this, again, on the 25 most similar slates. We're looking at uh, winners, the top 0.1%, the field, the difference in the leverage for each of these. You'll find most often, and this may be something that's changing we'll have to look at over time, you'll find most often that in the past, these heavy stacks gave positive leverage and maybe were underused in the past. Now, how people are playing these contests going forward, MLB contests, that may have changed. So like I said, we're going to continue to monitor that closely to see what's happening in 2019. Now, the way you read this, if it's 5-3, that means five hitters from one team. Uh, three from another, five to one is five from one, two from another, and then one left there, and so on. So you can see how, how it builds out between your eight hitter options 
in all these different large stacks, four and four, four, three, and one, and so on. Next, we have pitcher leverage. Now, this is another powerful one because we're tying every single pitcher on the slate to their most similar counterparts from the 25 most similar slates. And we're getting you know, our ownership number that Chris Gimeno and the team works on there uh, diligently, and we, we try to be the, the best there, and that's a very key component of matching. And then we look at similar slates from similar pitchers from these slates, and we say, how often were they in winning lineups? And then the leverage that you're seeing in all of these different ones. So again, as we're scrolling down here, you can see we have every single pitcher on the slate, and we think that's a pretty important and, and valuable tool there. Uh, the leverage is calculated by looking at the, the winner ownership based on similar slates versus what we're projecting that they're going to do, uh, what we're projecting the ownership is going to be, and that's how we get these leverage calculations. So it's a little bit negative when the winner ownership on these similar slates is below what we're projecting. Uh, we go down to hitters. We're doing a little bit less with hitters because there's so many different options. What we're really going to look at is the 10 highest projected ownership hitters here and you see all these here and then again we're doing the same calculation we're figuring out based upon the 25 most similar slates and the most similar players within those slates how often we expect them to be in winning top 0.1 percent lineups and then figuring out the leverage based upon what we're projecting for ownership further down here we have some charts for your for your viewing pleasures you can kind of get an idea of looking at this from more of an optic standpoint than the numbers in the tables so here's a salary spent by position looking at starting pitchers and as you scroll down here you can see this is the you know the sp1 sp2 and if you look below it has three different categories these are the winners of similar slates based upon today this is the field based upon similar slates that we're seeing today and the field average so this is just looking at the average that you would find on this particular game count but not looking specifically at the most similar slate so again uh, how often winners have these uh, um, the, 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 what they're spending on average for these players on similar slates how often the, what would the field was spending on similar players for these slates and what on average for the number of game count you're looking at what what uh, the field have been spending so this is for pitchers we have the same thing for hitters here uh, we break out the uh, outfielders by the three different positions by salary ranking uh, and you go through here again you have the winners the field and the average for all, for all of these different positions and the last set of charts here is another way of visualizing uh, salary tiers. So this is the salary tiers for starting pitchers. And you can see each one of these tiers. So how often is someone uh, a starting pitcher above 11,000, between 9 and 10, 8 and 9, and so on, all the way down. You can see all these different tiers here. So it gives you an idea of how the texture. And this is just purely based upon winners that we've seen from similar slates. And we go down here and we have the same exact thing, the same breakout for hitters. Uh, again, we have these categories that are a little bit different, obviously, because the, the hitters don't cost as much. Greater than 6000 between 5 and 6 I'm sorry, between 5600 and 6000 These are $500 breakouts where they were 1000 above because of the pricing of the different positions. So we're hoping this is going to be a great tool for you to use. You can gain a lot of insights here. We're hoping for also a lot of feedback on what else you may want here. But the most powerful thing that we've done here, and I think you'll see, is we're tying these insights from the millions of entries and thousands of contests and our results to actual teams, actual pitchers, actual hitters to try to get an idea of where you may find leverage in your GPPs for upcoming slates. Thank you so much.
going on, Rotor Grinders? Dean here. It's Dean 7904. If you want to get all technical, I mean, it is 504, a little bit late today. 504 on the East Coast, 204 on the West Coast, 404 Tennessee time, which of course, which it's time for the flagship show here at Rotor Grinders. It's called, uh, it's called Grinders Live. It's sponsored by Fantasy Draft. And joining me today is one Bobby Fires there. The kids call him Bobby Fire. Bobby, how's the. Uh... What's up, man? Uh, good. I'm uh, ready for a big slate. Really happy to be back on the air. Feels like it's been a while since I've done a show. I know I stepped in for one for for grant i think a little while back but it's uh yeah haven't been so busy with rg these days but would love to love to be on more shows and happy to be on with you now this is a this is a big one man you you gotta it's it's a big undertaking as far as a slate and uh, the first thing we do we kind of talk about uh the overall like the screenshot of the slate if you will before we do that we do what i mentioned it's free premium uh this week Uh, we're giving away one cheese is good dave potts his million dollar musings and that's not an ironic title as far as the name of the article the dude is paying a million dollars two times uh, while playing DFS, he's a Hall of Famer when it comes to fantasy baseball as well, too. Like, that's for real. Like, he's in some kind of Hall of Fame. He's in it. Uh, that is free. It's a big undertaking. You want to – we're going to give it a little bit of a screen share later on in the show. We give a little peek as far as our premium. We're not going to, like, read through it, but we'll kind of scroll through and just kind of show you the uh, the uh, the depth of the article, if you will. I almost went with girth, but the, let's go with depth. Sure, why not? Uh, also want to mention the SharpSide app contest is still going down. I believe it was out yesterday. Uh, it paid out $500, whoever had the, ho- the longest streak ending on April 2nd. I'm sorry, 22nd. That was yesterday. Uh, new streaks start today. Uh, the person that has the longest winning streak on the SharpSide app as of May 2nd, uh, they're going to bank uh, win themselves $1,000 in FanDuel cash, FanDuel play. Uh, so there you go. Uh, yeah, so read, uh, read Cheese's Musings at some point during the show. I don't know. Well, I mean, just later on is uh, – Crunch time, of course, you guys are premium members. That's uh, you know, 615. It's not cheese today. It's Cardi, JSU, and Roth, of course, will not get any sort of weather-related issues going down that are lurking out there. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. If you haven't read Jesus' music already, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot going on in there. It's a lot to, lot to take in for sure. But uh, I don't know. If you can multitask, if you listen to us and read that, would that work, Bobby? Hey, it's doable. I, that's how I start off with the morning grind and uh, with the, uh, the on-deck podcast uh, on my baseball mornings. I, I, I edit everything as I do it, so they can listen to us. Yeah, I think it's doable. Yeah, so uh, all right, well, let's dive in. Let's break it down. We're a few minutes late. It's a big, it's a big slate for sure. Uh, interesting slate because we got, what, it's a 12-game or a 13-game or a couple early games. The second half of doubleheader as far as Boston. The Red Sox, I believe, lost game one to Detroit. Uh, Bogarts double down for what it's worth. That does anything for you. I've not seen the lineups. Just I'm sure the lineups are out. But that, uh, we're getting most of the lineups kind of sprinkling through. But uh, it's a weird slate, Bobby. We got what 26 pitchers, and none of them are like great. There's no studs, which might be a good thing because studs these days are just they're all getting beat up. Well, I guess we can argue there's one stud, but he's in Coors Field. So you know uh, that that's sort of like the big screenshot of the slate for me. Like there's there's not a lot of studs. There's a bunch of guys that are perfectly fine and okay and you don't feel great about, but they're rosterable. I guess that's a, a flattering word to use for some of these dudes. And then there's not a lot of teams that really pop and jump off the page of these big like team totals outside of, I guess, Washington. But uh, how are we attacking this slate? It's a weird one because, like, the more I'm starting to get into it and the, the more you see some of the value, even in the big games, that you could use um, if you wanted to try and mini stack it that way or whatever, you don't necessarily like need to worry about the pricing of these pitchers all that much. Um, I just don't think it matters. Like there are some bats you want to spend up on, but there's a lot of really good bats that you can spend down on and that would save you there. So like, you know, I'm actually just now coming to this and I don't know how much of it I'll do, 
but I think Maeda is the best pitcher on FanDuel. So I'm sort of coming over to why, why wouldn't I just play him over on DraftKings, even though the price is too high, get a little bit, I don't want to say safety, but the Cubs uh, don't really scare me. Um, obviously Wheeler's the mega, mega chalk, you know, me, I'm a tournament player. So I'm trying to get away from that. And also, you know, it's a, I would never love to t- take any chalk pitcher, much less one that is above average, but not that far above average, in my opinion, uh, against a really, really, really good Phillies lineup. So uh, I also think that they're going to run on him. So if you want to take a few leverage plays against him, that makes sense. He's going to be the chalk. He and Herman are probably the guys who I like the most other than, and, and Maeda, again, I don't know if I want to pay this price for him still, because even though it pricing doesn't matter that much, it's still a lot to ask and you can get an extra couple big bats. in. so I'm, I'm just debating it. But I think that you just sort of like I'm rotating. I think I'm rotating nine pitchers today because there's just so many ways to go. And I don't really feel good about any of them. And I don't want to play a chalk Zach Wheeler in a spot that I don't like very much. Yeah, let's run through some of those names because it depends upon the asking price. Like you said, Uh, Maeda, different price than Fandle, but on DK on a fantasy draft. But uh, on fantasy draft, let me pull up Maeda because I did rankings over there today as well. So I'm familiar with what's going on as far as their prices, and I'm scrolling and I'm trying to find it. And for whatever reason, uh, you know, as a general rule, like fantasy drafts prices are usually somewhere around 2x uh, DK, give or take. Uh, Maeda's 19.3 over there, which is, you know, it's not that appealing. You're facing, you know, a Cubs team that's, you know, fairly patient, Maeda. Um, he's been giving a longer leash. I guess you could speak to that as a Dodgers fan this year. He's actually throwing more pitches. Yeah, he has the longest leash of any of the Dodgers pitchers. He always has, actually, but it still isn't guaranteed. And what they'll end up having to do is they'll, they have so many good bats on the bench all the time. People don't understand it's not always like a quick leash, like they're not just pulling a guy out of the inning. This is the National League. They pinch it for these guys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If this was an American League team, you wouldn't be seeing guys throw only 80 pitches every time out there. Uh, it's a good spot. It's a good, it's good. It looks like pretty good p- pitching conditions in uh, Chicago. They're not like the wind's coming crazy in, but it's cold. Um, I'm not afraid of this Cubs lineup outside of there's three hitters on that team that I actually would want on my team. Other than that, I don't even want to touch anyone. Um, so, I, and even those guys have strikeouts. So I kind of like, you know, I just think my eight is kind of interesting here and I, I do like him over on FanDuel. I think he's going to be lower owned than he should be on both sites. He's pitched six innings or more, you know, if you want to talk about the FanDuel side of it, um, he, he pitched six innings or more, two out of his four starts. The only two he didn't were on the road at Colorado. And I can't remember off the top of my head who the other one was, but I know it was a tough matchup. Um, I expect Maeda to be around 20 fantasy points on DK fantasy draft tonight. And I expect him to be, you know, higher than that on FanDuel uh, with the quality start. So that's, that's sort of what, who I'm looking to as, as one of my other guys. There's, there's a lot of guys we can talk about though. I mean, yeah, I think Lance Lynn is kind of interesting, which is weird. Um, I like the way this lineup sort of matches up against him and I don't like taking hitters against the, against, uh, I'm sorry, I don't like taking pitchers against the A's very much. They tend to work counts, but these are against righties. Um, a guy who's really good against righties is going to face a pretty right-handed lineup and not any lefties that I really am that afraid of. I, I just feel like he could cruise, and it's not a great slate. Like I, Chris Stratton might be the worst pitcher in baseball, and I'm even considering him. That's how bad the slate is. Ivan <laughs> um, Nova is going to be overlooked. I have him a little higher than some of the other guys do. I think that there's a way he could work through this Orioles lineup quickly. He's pitched six innings in two of his three game, two of his last three starts. Um, the strikeouts are not exciting. The Orioles haven't been as bad striking out wise as you might think, but there's, I still feel like it's a spot where you could see him getting through this game somewhat comfortably in the 15 to 20 point range. And that would be ideal, like for a guy at his price range. So he's kind of interesting to me. Um, Frankie Montas again, but there it's hard to prioritize the pitchers. The guys who I'm playing the most, I don't feel great about are Homer Bailey. I still am playing Zach Wheeler. I'll be half the field, but he'll still be one of my higher own pitchers. Um, uh, 
Domingo Germain, uh, Herman, sorry. Um, again, I'm gonna use some Nova, I'm gonna use some Lynn, and uh, I'm gonna play some Corbin. Uh, <laughs> it's, it doesn't feel great about pitching on this slate. I think you can rotate pitchers, you keep a tight group of uh, hitters that you wanna focus on, and that's sort of the way I'm treating the slate. Yeah, you threw like 9, 10, 11, maybe 12 pitchers at me that we want to talk about. And I was going to interrupt, but I, I've learned uh, through the last show, you're not supposed to interrupt your, your co-host. <laughs> I'm not sure if you I always jumped in around pitcher 9. I'm like, you know what? Just let him go. He's on a roll. <laughs> Just kick back and relax. Uh, Wheeler is interesting because, like, he is pretty cheap. He's a good pitcher. But, of course, it's not a great matchup against Philly. I know Philly's hurt to some degree. You know, no Segura in that lineup. But there's still some pretty daunting bats. Um you know, he, the K's are pretty solid. He's kind of been up and down. And there's a theory, and I think math does support it to some degree, like a minimal degree, like when you face the same team back-to-back, which is what he's doing. He faced Philly last time out. He's facing him once again. That's a slight hit on the pitcher, you know, uh, incremental may it be, but, like, that's kind of where we're at because, like you said, there's no clear-cut pitcher. You mentioned uh, one guy I wanted to talk about, a couple of guys that I never roster, basically. Like, you know, you, know, you always break rules in DFS. You have these never, but you break rules. Uh, Lynn against Oakland's pretty interesting, protected by that, by that ballpark to some degree. He's a guy that has clear splits throughout his career, uh, much better versus righties than he is versus lefties. And there's only a couple lefties presumed to be in that Oakland lineup. Uh, and there are some K's uh, on, on that side. He, you know, he's, he actually can strike out a fair bit of righties. Of course, there's some power too. But we do agree uh, on one that, you know, again, this other guy, Homer Bailey, man. Uh, what what is Homer? He's he's been better. He's been better of late. You know, cheese and his good things was talking about. Homer Bailey's been better as well too. A uh, couple things he has going in his favor: protected by the ballpark there in Tampa, one of the biggest, most cavernous ballparks in all of baseball. Uh, he's got pretty dramatic splits as well too. And as far as the lefties that are lurking, two of the best lefties on the Rays are not in the lineup. Of course, Meadows is out for a month, and there's no Choi. So if you look at this Tampa lineup and replaced by David Robertson, who's not, who's not just bad, but he strikes out a fair bit too. You got Zanino, who's like, sure, he's got tremendous power. He finally got up for Snide, dangled out last night after popping out a baby. But, uh, you know, he's, if he's not hitting his yard, he's going to strike out too. And I like Homer Bailey too, like you said. And he's one of the ways to kind of get, uh, you know, a, a lot of the big bats. And, you know, clearly the, the opportunity cost of pitcher does not feel terribly great outside of maybe, you know, Corbin just says, I don't really care what ballpark I'm pitching in. I'm just going to keep crushing and I'm going to strike out 10 dudes in Colorado which uh, you mentioned Corbin as well. And I'm just going to bet in the talent. And you're also getting a discount. You're getting a clear discount on Corbin, uh, Patrick Corbin here, 8-8 eight, eight on DK. Uh, pull up the, the price here. What, 17K on fantasy draft? That's just, look, I understand it's Coors Field. I understand, you know, Story and Arnado are two of the best, you know, lefty masters in the league, especially at home in Coors. But, you know, otherwise, it's like Tapia, Butera, McMahon, as some would call him, Ryan McMahon, Mark Reynolds. Sure, he still has, like, you know, old man strength. but uh, you know, I, I'm not afraid of Mark Reynolds. Uh, I, I think I'm going to definitely going to have more than the field of Patrick Corbin, just better the talent and better the chaos. Yeah. Just remember he's faced this team a ton through his career. They know him really, really well. Like all of our NLS teams, I'm always going to remind people of that. And obviously the Corbin not there anymore, but, um, He's he he's had some struggles in this team. He's also shown some K upside, so that's why you make him a good tournament play today. I'll be ahead of the field on Corbin. I don't feel great about it. Not a great umpire for us. Um, I also will have a lot of Rockies bats. So actually, I won't have a lot of Rockies bats. I'll have a pretty condensed rotation of four Rockies bats. But uh, yeah, Corbin makes some sense. Um, I think Herman is the better play uh, personally. And honestly, I'm trying to look. Where is he? Why do? Why is he? Why is he unowned? I don't understand this. Why? Why well, do we have? 
A couple things, I think. Well, first of all, there's not a lot of Ks in the Angels lineup. They're not good, but they're not going to strike out a ton. And the second part is that some people thought he wasn't starting, maybe. I don't know, because he wasn't supposed to start until tomorrow, but he was pushed forward because uh, lasagna uh, is now going to work out of the pen. He was supposed to start tonight, but because they went 14 innings last night, the Yankees shuffled their rotation, so maybe people just weren't thinking about him. That's my best guess. But, but the other part is he's, he's pricey. Uh, there's other guys that are, you know, basically uh, you could argue can get the same amount of points more or less uh, that are just cheaper. I, I think he's okay, but he's more outside looking in than on the inside for me. So, so him and Corbin, while Corbin may have higher upside, obviously, because this is a, is a higher K guy with a slightly higher, with a higher K lineup. I, I mean, I don't think he's three times the ownership type of better of a play. And I certainly will. I'll probably have more of Herman than I will of Corbin. The one thing that worries me about Herman is the only four teams he's faced have been like the worst four teams against righties in the American league. So I know, but I know he's good. That's, that's one thing I feel pretty comfortable with, but the weird part is I see, I keep going back to it. Like is his nine K different than my eight is 10 K. I feel like they're the same thing. So, and I, and there are plenty of value bats we can mix in, which we'll get into in a minute. It just, I guess, it depends on how much you like the value bats. Otherwise, you you can argue that saving and pitching really does matter. I don't think it matters as much as you do today. Well, my concern is, we'll talk about hitters in a second. There's not a lot of hitters I love today. Like, doing my rankings today, I just didn't feel comfortable after, like, four or five at each position. And even after, like, a couple, I was like, eh, I guess this guy, I guess that guy. But there's just not a lot of teams I love. Maybe, maybe we differ on that uh, as far as the hitting today. But for me, it's just, I mean, again, I don't feel good about the pitching or about the, it's one of those weird slates where nothing looks great to me. Yeah, there's um, I agree, but there's a couple other pitchers we actually didn't talk about, like that I think are interesting. I'm sorry, I know there's a lot of guys to mention, and I don't. I'm a guy who likes to try and keep things like not mention a million guys, but I just want to mention both pitchers in the game where I kind of like some of the bats because I could see this working out very well, also. And that's Thornton and Samarja. I think that they both have plenty of upside against these really, really limited offensives um, and what they've shown so far. I, I prefer Samarja because I think that there's more Ks potentially in the Toronto lineup. And I think Samarja's, you know, he still will go out there and throw like a, a, a beauty every now and then. And this is the kind of team that a lot of teams have, a lot of guys we've never heard of have thrown beauties against. Uh, you remember the game that has, you know, had the no hitter going on opening day. <laughs> um, it, it certainly should be in play and certainly shouldn't be as low owned as he is with when you consider, like I have these guys higher than the other guys. I just forgot to mention them because they're so they're lower on the screen I had. Um, but then Thornton, you go out there and like he's pitched some decent. So he's pitched decent, and he's had some tough matchups. And you get you know this this weak Giants offense. At the same time, I like taking some shots on the Giants offense, and I like taking some shots on the Blue Jays offense. But I think both of these guys are definitely in the GPP mix, and wouldn't surprise me if like they ended up as being the highest scoring pitcher of the night. That's how weird the slate is. One of the better arguments for Samarja is that that lineup for, uh, for Toronto strikes out a ton. Outside of, uh, you know, leading off nerd power, Eric Sogard, he strikes out very little. 17.6%, he's the lowest guy as far as their strikeout dudes as opposed to if you take last year and this year combined. But everybody else is in the red. If you fire up the, uh, the plate IQ, uh, you know, Urania at 31%, Richick at 26 I won't run them all off, but collectively they're, they're at 27%. And that was kind of sort of like my argument also against Herman is if you, if you fire up the Angels, we don't have the official lineup just yet, but the projected lineup is 16.7 striking out. We, we know Andrew from Simmons doesn't strike out. He's not a very imposing bat, but he's going to ground out. He's going to pop up. Smith doesn't strike out. Tommy LaStella, uh, and when he's not double-donging, he's not striking out. Fletcher doesn't strike out. You know, Trout, 18%, but of course, he's a monster. You don't want to face him. Uh, outside of Calhoun and Goodwin, there's just not a lot of Ks that lineup. 
maybe he, he pitches an extra inning, uh, you know, if they need him because the bullpen kind of got beat up last night a little bit. But again, they have uh, Loisica waiting in the wings if they need him. Uh, and oh, one more point that I want to say, I'm not like this, uh, you know, pitch mix and like, uh, I'm not, that's not necessarily my forte. I kind of lead on other people when it comes to that. But just wa- working our way back to, um, to Corbin, uh, the slider and the fastball is the two pitches he features. Those are the two that are hurt least in Coors Field. Uh, they're not the, uh, they're horse, but it's, uh, they're horizontal and not vertical. So uh, I, I don't know, again, another argument for Corbin. And you said uh, he's faced that team a ton. And I, I went ahead and fired up, you know, his uh, record against them. Like historically, 162 plate appearances, eight homers, 252 batting average, uh, 826 o- OPS. Uh, a Wobo 357, Arenado specifically, if you care about this kind of stuff, uh, 12 for 41 with three homers, three doubles, 293 average, 418 Woba. You know, uh, these guys, it's nothing crazy. Like, these guys aren't particularly great against them uh, historically. You said they, they faced them before, but nobody's really shined. Well, the, yeah, you're looking just at the lineup that they've released, which obviously I didn't have because it came on as we were going on air. Um, because he's in overall against the whole team. They've hit, I think, 276 off of them, not 252. Anyway, whatever. It's, and that's still not – those are not um, – those are absolutely not bad. Those are, those are numbers against a pitcher that we normally would argue wouldn't for not play, playing the pitcher. I mean, it's fine, but it doesn't make it exciting. And on this slate, that might be fine. I'm going to play Corbin, so I'm not trying to talk you off of him. I'm just – yeah not so high that he's a better play than Herman necessarily tonight. And certainly like if you, you know, the best real life pitcher on the slate to me is Kenta Maeda. I know Corbin's looked great so far this year and had a good, most of the season last year. Um, I just think that that might be where I end up going. Um, like I said, there's a lot of names to consider, but not a lot you feel good about. So I actually might do what I usually do with hitters and let's let the ownership dictate some of my pitching decisions in the end. So you mentioned Maeda and the other side, Quintana has been pretty good outside of one start. Uh, but yesterday we featured it. We talked about it. You know, uh, Kevin Ross weather tool, the weather edge, uh, that basically, you know, and if you watched the show yesterday, you saw the Cardinals were popping. So uh, I, I listened so that they did me well. So thanks for that, uh, Kevin. Uh, that is a uh, part of, I think you can buy it a la carte. I think you can, don't, don't hold me to it, but, uh, I know for sure it is a part of premium. If you guys get premium, uh, that is also free as well, but, uh, I'm not going to give it away today as far as it's all in there, but I will say, uh, as far as now what it does, it takes the current uh, conditions, all the times it's happened recently. Uh, based on 69 games matching the current conditions there in Chicago, uh, home runs have been down. Uh, expected home runs, negative 33.6%. Uh, expected runs, negative 5.4%. ERA, negative uh, 4.9%. So, you know, uh, if you like Baeta, maybe you like Quintana too? Um, no. <laughs> the Dodgers okay. are not the Dodgers are not the Cubs. I mean, let's be real. The Cubs have three hitters on their team. This is not the Cubs. They're a name brand only. The Dodgers have the top three lineup in baseball. If you want to be mean, like that's the worst. I think you can really rate them. Uh, this is a mad, uh, the kind of pitcher they, that some they've struggled with historically. This is obviously a different team, but there's no way I'm playing Quintana. No, no way. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, again, I, I prefer my attitude uh, amongst the two, but I just I, I think that's going to be kind of a tight, low scoring game. Um, I agree. But I don't know how much you need Quintana as a sort of like thought The thing process. about the Dodgers that people don't realize, like even when pitchers have been good against them, like was Davies the other day or Anderson? I can't remember who, who was, who only threw 90 whatever pitches. The thing is he threw 90 odd pitches in four plus innings. They'll work counts up there. They're not, they're not guys you want to pick on in general. Even if their strikeouts can seem a little bit high in certain spots, they just, they work so deep into every count. They have good at bats. They foul off a ton of pitches. These are things that are not good for starting pitchers against them. And I'm just not ever going there pretty much most of the year. Uh, some other names that I've seen thrown out there, uh, Swanson versus San Diego. Is he somebody that, that does anything for you? 
Yeah, sadly, I, I hate being the guy that I had forced to be today. But yes, he's one. He's on my list. He's one of the guys in my rotation. Ten percent. He's a deaner for me. Maybe a little higher by the end of it because I know a lot of people who really respect and like him, and I haven't figured out entirely as much why. But um, I think he's okay. Yeah, the dude on the other side, by the way, is going to get exposed soon enough. He's been super, super lucky, and he's also projected to have a a fair bit of ownership there for San Diego. And I say the dude because I forget how to pronounce his name. I know I looked it up. Uh, I believe it's a Margaret Vicious. Marge Vicious, yeah, Mark Vicious, I think, I, I think that sounds right. But uh, he's been lucky, and I've been kind of going through this, well, the stuff I was digging through. Uh, maybe he's projected to, like, give up more homers um, when he hits the majors, of that sort. I, I can't remember what it was. Maybe I'm confusing with somebody else. Please, don't hold me to it. I apologize. But there was a reason why I crossed him off my list, but I don't remember why. <laughs> Do you have a thought on him? Um. I think that he's the guy I didn't really like, I have a few lineups with him in there, but it's literally just a matter of, okay, I'll take a shot here because, you know, friendly ballpark. He's been all right. I understand that even if he's not as good as we think he is, I just still think it's worth taking a shot on like pretty much all of these guys today when you don't feel really great about any of them. Although I'm starting to condense a little bit down because there are some bats out here that are a little bit cheaper than they need to be. So I'm probably uh, going to end up not paying up at pitcher because you can't pay up at pitcher really, but like at least, maybe overpaying for guys that other people maybe won't be willing to. I see somebody in chat. I don't know if they're goofing around or not, but <clears throat> they're saying they're going to start Ponce de Leon, and that's a, that's a terrible idea, isn't it? We're not starting Ponce de Leon. No. <laughs> There's no way I'm doing that. There's like three pitchers in baseball that I would start against the Brewers, and <clears> like <throat> it, it just doesn't – I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see why. Terrible umpire for them. That, uh, that game is going to – that's – people ask about – we're going to talk about stacks later, but that, that whole game – just look out. That could really get going. So interesting question. And with buddy running off all these names, this is kind of the reason why I don't love the hitters because all these pitchers are all like, okay. Montez right. is okay. Uh, another pitcher that's okay. Like, like ter terrible for DFS. And you said there's another one. Maybe we're thinking the same guy. Uh, it's Trevor Williams. He's like not a good DFS pitcher. He's terrible for DFS, but like, he's also a guy you don't want to pick on, but he's you know, a perfectly reasonable real life pitcher. Um, it's, he's yeah, saying I want. I, I had Trevor Williams and Luke Weaver as much as gross as that sounds higher on my list. I actually did because um, I felt like Weaver has the upside and Trevor Williams has the safety. But then I look at the umpire and I think it's a nightmare for Weaver. And I think it's going to be enough to keep Trevor Williams just just a little bit on the outside looking in for me. I have not taken a peek as far as umpire data. Of course, that's in the uh, the lineup HQ. Uh, what's kind of jumped out for you as far as umpires? Uh, the thing that's interesting is that there aren't a whole lot of great pitchers umpires out there tonight, and there's not a whole lot of terrible ones. It's sort of like the pitching slate. <laughs> um, but there is you get you get Jerry Davis, who's an extreme hitters umpire uh, in the in the uh, Pittsburgh game, which actually I think is a like on a different slate. I would be talking about trying to stack the uh, the Pirates side of that game against because I just think that Weaver. We've seen these blow up spots before, but. I just don't think it's the right slate for it, but that's, that's the hitters one that stood out to me. Cause I was kind of interested in the pitching. The other extreme hitters umpire is in the uh, game that I mentioned, the cards and brewers game, which just added to my love for that game even more. I feel really good about that one. And there's going to be like players from that game in most of my lineups. Um, there'll be different players at different price tiers, but I'm going to be rotating a lot of them through. And then I'm going to have some game stacks there. Yeah. As far as the umpire down, I just want to pull it up. There's not a lot of extremes. That's kind of what I react to. Like there's hitters umpires, there's pitchers umpires, a lot of guys that are neutral. But the only the extremes that we have so far, not every game is in just yet. There's one that we're missing is the San Diego game. We don't have umpire data that just yet because that series just started. So we don't know exactly, uh, usually an hour or two, depending on uh, when you get that information. 
Uh, like you said, the two games, Weaver, Ponce de Leon, Davies, not that you're rostering Davies or you shouldn't be rostering Ponce de Leon, uh, but maybe some slight hesitation for rostering a guy like Williams and Weaver, like you said. Um, what else, uh, any other thought? Like, again, I feel like we're not giving advice on the pitchers. Like, where are you taking yeah, – I'll, I'll, I'll rank – I'll rank – Yeah. Something. It's, it's not. I, I do think it is more rotating pitchers and keeping a tighter core of hitters tonight. I'm. I'm mass. I'm. I am mass multi-entry, and they made it sort of a mass multi-entry day with that crazy. Those crazy tournaments on on DK. Um, but what I really think you're doing is like, you're. I, I'll play Wheeler about. I'll probably be around thirty percent on Wheeler. I'll probably be around twenty-five percent on Bailey. I'll probably be around twenty-five percent on Corbin. Probably around thirty percent on Herman. I'll probably be around twenty-five percent on both pitchers in the Toronto game. Um, and then everybody else is a, is like a deaner. It doesn't. Feel, this is not an exciting. I don't feel great about telling you this. Oh, I might be a little bit higher on Frankie Montez also. Montez also. Uh, oh, and, and Montez and Nova. I have a twenty percent. So basically, it's going to be everybody else around like six to twelve percent for me and those guys. At, but it's. I don't feel great about it. <laughs> like it's. It's just that's who I'm playing. I can't say these are the right. This is the awesome. You know, th- that's just who I'm playing. Elvis got hurt last right last night. Right. I don't know how severe it was, but if he if he doesn't play. That'll be a slight upgrade to a guy like Vontas for sure. Uh, oh, I, mean, I forgot I have Lance Lynn at 20% also. My bad. Sorry. I'm just pulling up my rankings, and I'll tell you, like, yeah, but I, uh, I'm going to be rotating through as well. Uh, and my four guys, uh, my, four, my four pitchers are Corbin, Wheeler, Homer Bailey, and I think Lance Lynn. Like, I think that's where I'm at. So, you know, again, if anybody tells you that they, they have the, the pitchers figured out, they can distinctly tell you, you know who's going to be the, who's going to be great and who's not. They're they're probably a little bit overconfident. And I don't know if you have you pulled up Cardi's uh, the bat for Cardi. Uh, I, I I pulled it up earlier and they, they're really congested as far as the projections, which is no surprise, right? Yeah. Uh, sticks the most important stick today of Washington as the highest team total uh, in cores locked in for nine facing uh, Jeff Hoffman who was just getting beat up in the minors and. Who knows how long? I mean, he doesn't look particularly good. That Colorado uh, pen is also a little bit beat up, too, for what it's worth. There's some names in there, but they haven't shined just yet. Um, there is no Rendon for Washington. Nonetheless, Washington projected about six runs or so uh, on the board. Clearly the highest total on the slate. Uh, and Juan Soto, to me, is the guy that kind of jumps off the board. Not too expensive, either. Uh, you know, 5K on DK. Uh, I think it's like 9-7, 9-6 on fantasy draft. Uh, th- that's my favorite stick as far as the Washington side. Uh, do you have a favorite Washington here today? Yeah. So I, before, when they ask us to write in our favorite plays of, you know, the plays that we're on early, you know, in the morning and probably before we've, I've done my research, but I'm, you know, I'm still figuring things out. Soto was the first guy, but then I saw you that you had sent in Soto. So I decided to send in somebody else, but Soto is my favorite hitter today. He's the highest owned hitter I have. I know he's going to be more popular. There's plenty of ways to pivot, but I'm pivoting in other, in other areas with other bats, um, which I'll, you know, I'll just, I guess I'll take this time to mention my, I know, I know we'll get into the rest of Washington stuff, but I just, my my other guy, like I'm I'm paying down for some of these San Francisco hitters today, um, where I'm not using Thornton. I'm sorry, we're not using either, you know, of the guys. Um, I think Brandon Belt is way too cheap at 3.7. I love the outfield eligibility as well as the first base, um, and I think that he's one of the best point per dollar plays on the slate. I also include AJ Pollocky and Desmond. These guys are all cheap enough and will be low owned enough for the most part. I mean, there'll be ownership, but it won't be like on Belt. There won't be, um, and they're cheap. That's another way you can, you know get to some some exposure to some some good games and and some I mean like Desmond you know at, at 3.5 and Coors like against the lefty and we you know had some experience with like I just feel like I'll take a shot there like that's guy I'm gonna I'm gonna be way way higher on 
Um, Travis Shaw at 3.2. I know he's been terrible this year, but he's hit the ball hard and he had a home run last night, turning it around 3.2K for Travis Shaw at no ownership at a loaded position. Sure. But I, I love that game and I love Travis Shaw. Um, so those are the guys who I'm sort of leaning. Those are like my three highest owned hitters. Uh, along with Labor Torres, he's him being the fourth, uh, the fourth highest on guy on my lineups. But I really like Soto. He's clearing away number one. So Shaw, Belt, and Labor Torres are kind of the path to rostering a guy like Maeda. So I see where you're. I see exactly. You're, I feel like you're reading off like one of the lineups you've already built because I feel like there's a correlation there, right? No, I'm not reading lines. I actually built. I'm reading my script and. Yeah, I mean, the problem is, like, I love. there's a lot of good third basemen that are all really cheap. Justin Turner at 3.6 is probably just as good a play as Travis Shaw. I, I would probably give the edge to Shaw because the hitting environment and the umpire, but that's pretty much the only thing we're really debating on. And, um, and then Carpenter is a great play at 4K at third base. That's on fantasy draft, what I'm doing just to give it – I'm playing five third basemen or four third basemen on fantasy draft mostly today. I love the third base position. I think it's more important than trying to get the stacks right. Um, I know it doesn't matter about it being third base specific. I just happen to be my favorite plays or third base. Moncada being another one, he's a, one of my favorite pay ups. Um, so I'm playing all these guys with, with, with him over here on the fantasy draft. I just love him. Yeah. I wonder how, how are people going to handle, handle Arnado? Like, of course they play Arnado, uh, you know, in course versus a lefty, but Corbin's not just any old lefty, you know, big K's, not a lot of walks. He is vulnerable. The body of power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'm just curious. I haven't taken a peek at ownership yet, and ownership's not something that I – like, on a smaller slate, I think it's much more important on this slate. I think it's basically, you know, outside of Washington, just play the teams you like. Uh, I will say this, which we, may, we might not even mention this team, like, during the show. Uh, you might. But uh, uh, Pineda is vulnerable to get blown up, and historically through his career, he's given a lot more homers to righties than for lefties as far as, like, homers per nine. And we know this Astros team has uh, lots of righty power. I feel like the Astros are kind of the sneaky team in this slate. Are they not sneaky? Am I wrong on that take? I mean, the problem is, like, the thing is, like, it's, you can make an argument that sort of everyone's sneaky. They're, they're going to be low-owned. I don't think people are, are unaware of these things. Like, I know that everyone, I've heard them talked about a lot, but it is hard to, like, they are actually, you know, it's actually harder to stack them price-wise than it is Coors, any of Coors. There's cheap guys who you can get in yes. from those other ones. So it totally changes things, which is what, what's going to keep their ownership lower. So, absolutely can get on board with Houston um I, I'm not it's not it's not my favorite stack I get it in general it, it almost always if you ask me who my favorite stack is pretty much the answer most days is Houston but uh, they're 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 up there they're just not my my absolute favorite today and as much as Pineda can get hit hard I he also can be decent like last it was weird he pitched well and he's pitched he'll pitch well for like four or five innings and then get blown up and one like I don't know he's He's an enigma, so. man. He's an enigma. Like I, I think he's got great stuff, and his numbers never really show like how good he actually is. But he is, and like there's no way of quantifying this. But just kind of watching him, it feels like all his mistake pitches like just get 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 abused. Like it more so than anybody way. else. Yeah, it does feel that way. But um, but also that just looking at the bullpen and everything, I'm interested to see how Minnesota end, bullpen ends up. They have a couple good arms that I like in there, so I just don't feel quite as excited. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just I'm not as high on it as I usually am. There's other stacks I just prefer. Yeah. Um, and by the way, when I say sne- sneaky with upside, it's kind of like, I, I guess, like you said, every team is quote unquote sneaky, if you want to say that. But like, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say the Baltimore is sneaky because I don't think they have a ton of upside. Can they score 15 runs? Sure. You know, the terrible bullpen for Chicago, heavy contact pitcher as far as Nova. But like, a lot of those hitters are pretty terrible. Um, but, you know, they, they, they're professionals, right? In theory. Um, by the way, Beaks, maybe the reliever coming in for Tampa. Do we care about that? Like, is he somebody worth considering? Not for me. First of all, I don't think Beeks is all that 
good yet. Like he's still figuring it out. Um, he will be decent someday probably, but like, no, I'm not, it's just the wrong, like, even though we have all these question mark pictures, like there some of these guys are going to hit, um, they're going to get, you're going to get some good scores out of some of them. I just, it does, it's not like we have no pitching options. We just have a bunch of mediocre ones. That's really what the problem is. You guys are watching us on the old YouTube. Feel free to like and subscribe. Jump on over to Runner Grinders again. Cheese, uh, Dave Potts, his million dollar musings. They are free to everyone. Uh, you want to go ahead and check that out. Uh, we're going to give it a scroll through on the premium just to kind of show you, again, the depth that's going on in that article because it's, uh, it's worth diving into every single day. It might take you 20, 30 minutes or so to fully digest it, but it's absolutely uh, worth your time. Time is a premium of playing DFS, especially if you're doing shows like this, Bobby, but I definitely set aside the 20 or 30 minutes of knockout and see what the cheese has to say about the slate. Um, also, if you guys, you know, uh, Roto Riders, you guys in the chat, start loading. Well, don't, don't let it, let it request just yet, but Devin, our fabulous producer of the D-Train, multitasking, uh, as, as always, he's going to grab some questions over there at YouTube and throw in uh, our chat here at Roto Riders later on the show. We answer uh, as many questions as possible before we turn it over to crunch time. Uh, going to do the premium peak in a second. Before we do that, though, of course, Bobby, we got to go around the horn, each position. Let's fire up our catchers. Who's our favorite catchers today? So the pop, most popular is going to be Jan Gomes. And I understand people not liking the price, but it's uh, – I get it. Um, I think my highest owned catcher is going to be Posey. Just that the price, I think it's a good matchup. And then just behind him will be Castillo. Uh, all three of those are my main three. But those are the guys I'm leaning on the most with a little bit of Yasmani and Molina mixed in. What do the kids call it? Leverage when you play a play a player against the popular pitcher? Like JT Romuto is like arguably the best catcher in all of baseball. Zach Wheeler is going to be. Yeah, I love Rio Muto. It's just a matter of do you play him over Gomes? And I'm not really stacking Philly, but I get I get the argument for it. Also, he can steal bases, and Wheeler doesn't gives up stolen bases. I know he hasn't stolen as many this year, but like he's capable of it. Like it's on the table. Um, Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, I like, I like the Phillies, uh, you know, the top guys, obviously, you know, McCutcheon, Romito, Harper, uh, Reese, uh, you know, even Franco Shore. Uh, yeah, I know their lineup is weakened to some degree, like Quinn's in there and Gosselin's in there because they have some injuries. But uh, if Wheeler's going to be super popular, he's not a guy that's not, you know, he's, he's not impervious to give him runs. Like, and he's, he's done it before. He's had some hiccups before. So for sure, uh, that Philly side is in play. Interesting tournament perspective. If it was a small, they are. I want to make it clear that it's the wrong slate for it. Like it's a great thing to do, especially on a smaller slate, because you can stack a team like Philly or mini stack them even, and and you're going to get stolen base upside out of a lot of these guys, especially like Hernandez or McCutcheon or you know Real Muto even like Rice Harper even potentially. You never know. Like there's stolen base upside against Wheeler. So if they happen to, you know, get a couple steals combined with one bomb and then maybe they get another one after he leaves the game in the, you know, you can get there even with five or six runs in a game, but I just don't think this is the right slate for it. First base. Uh, again, this is nice. Like of course on fans draft, you can roster five, but position basically infield outfield utility spots. You talked about, you touched on belt who uh, I think I agree. I think he's really, really cheap. And it's nice on DK. We can throw him in the outfield as well. Of course on Fandle, you can roster yourself uh, to first baseman. Uh, I agree with Belt. Reiterate, I know that was a play you liked. I'm, I'm on board with that. Just too cheap. Awesome ballpark upgrade. And uh, Thornton's not a guy I'm necessarily afraid of. Uh, Jose Abreu and Alonzo and Alonzo versus Kastner in that bad bullpen. Locked in for, for nine innings. Took a while for him to get going yesterday. Hess was doing, uh, I think he was doing okay. I don't know if they got to him at the end, if I'm be honest. But they he got was him. crushing, and then they got to him in the fifth because I played him everywhere. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I knew the game was like tight early. And then, By the way, don't be surprised if you see something like that happen again tonight. So we didn't mention Casher. I'm not going to play him, but like he can get through five against this White Sox team is, has boom, but they have a lot of bust in them too. They, oh, they yeah. Three swingers. yeah. They could strike out a ton and they can hit a lot of homers for sure. Yeah. 
Uh, and then that's a good pivot to Chris Davis, who's like two seven on DK. Uh, and now, what what do you need for Chris Davis? You need a pitcher that can't strike you out. You need a righty, you know. And well, here's Ivan Nova. I, look, it's there's there's value to the roster spot, but I, I think if if there's such a thing as a good Chris Davis spot, this is the good Chris Davis spot. Yes. If there's such thing, it's almost a good one. If the guy gave up a little more hard contact, you like that a little bit better. But um, yeah, it's. I, I had a conversation with somebody earlier with Grant actually today about this today. Um, I think like you can make the argument. I just think there's better plays. Like Brandon Belt is three point seven. I would rather pay the one K more for him and save a little bit with some of the other guys I mentioned. Mark Reynolds is three point seven in the, in in that game against the lefty who he's you know he he's been a lefty hitter his whole life and this guy still has power. It's not that old of a man. Um, 35, 37? Okay, fine. It, it, hasn't, it doesn't affect his strength. This guy, when he plays, hits home runs. He's always been this way. He hits home runs, he strikes out. That's what he does. Um, is Ryan Zimmerman, obviously, um, is the other, you know, there's yeah. nobody going to be chalky, so don't worry about it. Like, Zimmerman's going to be the, probably the highest owned, and I, I wouldn't worry about him. Um, Abreu, Alonzo, those are the other guys I really like. I love Rowdy Tellas where I'm, I mean, I just love that play. I think that guy has massive power and no one plays him. He's 3.8. Um, I would take a, a, sh- a shot on him against Shark. I don't like first base as much as most people do. Um, the guys who I like at first, I'd be looking to try and play over at third. I mean, I'd be looking to try and play my third baseman at first, basically tonight. Like a, if I was going to play a guy like a Yandy, which by the way, this is a good matchup for him. I just don't think I'm going to go there on this massive slate. Uh, yeah, for me, it's it's the White Sox guys, a, a little bit of Luke Voigt, and mostly Brandon Belt and Rowdy Tellis. Rowdy versus uh, Smoke. Sorry, Zimmerman. Oh, I mean, the, you got a you know a huge price difference, so I'll take Tellis over okay. Smoke. Um, you got a nine hundred. I mean, that's that's it's one of the guys who I can use to keep down, so I can pay way the hell up for Kristen Yelich. Yeah, who by the way is not going to get rostered again today? Yep. Spoiler alert! Like nobody's going to nobody's gonna, nobody's going to roster him, right? Yep. Which is just amazing, <laughs> and I'll be—I have not had a lot of Yelich, and I, the, the few times I've had him, it's on the wrong nights. <clears throat> it's far between. crazy what's happening right now, and I think we got to keep playing them. <clears throat> we talked about it the other day, or I, I was talking about the other day. Is like um, last year he had the highest home run the fly ball rate, thirty-five percent, and I think that's why a lot of season-long guys thought that regression was coming for Yelich. Of course, he changed ballparks too, which is like definitely an upgrade, but. Uh, last I looked, he's got a 40% home run the fly ball rate, which is just insane. Like that's it's insane, but if you see, this guy's a ground ball hitter, like a straight up ground ball hitter. It's ground ball slash line drive hitter, whatever. So when you get, I mean, when he's facing like a fly ball pitcher like you have today in a great environment, like just, that's what, this is like a dream, this is like a perfect matchup for him. Like, I think he's the best overall play. It's just, you got the price is, yeah, it is really high and everything, but him and he's like, I guess now that I think about it, he's probably a better play than Soto. It's just there's a little price difference there, you know, a 700, 800 price difference. But he's such a great play. I mean, if you're playing the ownership game, of course, he's going to be much less owned than a guy like Soto. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if I set the over-under, I mean, the homer to fly ball rate is like, what, 14 13% on league average or whatever. If I set it for Christian Yelich at, uh, you know, 28 30%, you take the over for the season? Um, how sustainable is that ridiculous number is my question. I don't know. You said he had 35% last year. Yeah. He led the I league. expect it to be 35%. <laughs> okay. or, 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 or I doubt it would be higher. Cause that seems crazy, but he's, he's not getting lucky. Like this guy is one of the best hitters in baseball, arguably the second best hitter in baseball right now. Um, he got out of that horrible situation in Miami, which 
he was still not at his best yet anyway. And this is nothing that like eight years ago, you could have told me this about Yelich and I would, I would have believed it. Like, it doesn't surprise me. He's just hitting his stride now. Um, so I would expect it to be the same or maybe even a little higher. He's got an awesome contract too, for what it's worth. Uh, we, uh, we're behind time because let's I'm go, let's go, let's go. This is on me. I apologize. Let, let's pick up the pace. He's done position, second base. What do you have? Glaber's the best play. One of the best plays in the slate. We'll have ownership, second base, shortstop eligible. Um, he's a, he's a guy who I'll have really high on my list. Horrible pitcher in Stratton, even in a bad ballpark. Love him. Uh, Cesar Hernandez batting lower in the order. Great guy to, to, to get leverage on for, for me. I feel like if he gets on base twice, he's going to steal two bases. I really do against Wheeler. Um, but uh, if you can get up to it, you want to get Altuve. And then the real savings, you know, I mentioned Hernandez, both uh, Kike and Cesar. But the, the, then the other cheap guy is uh, Joey Wendell, uh, 3.5K, where you're not playing. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> yeah, help me out. Uh, our 6,200 pitcher. Yeah, uh, so, uh, Mr. Wendell Homer facing Bailey. Uh, Homer Bailey. Yeah, and Brandon Lau, if you have the money for Lau, there's some sticker oh, yeah. shock in that for sure. But he's got a ton of pop. That, that, that guy's power it looks legit to me. You mentioned uh, lefty masher to Jor, Kiki Hernandez, that we did talk about how home runs are predicted to be less today in Chicago as for the weather. But, uh, you know, it doesn't mean he can't bang one out. And you got uh, VR, it's another guy pretty pricey, but he gets the, you know, always jack of the bag potential there facing. Uh, you, you did mention Nova. It was a good point you mentioned as far as the soft contact he does. That, that's the one thing how he survives, basically, because people are hitting the ball on him, but not particularly hard. Let's move on. Let's jump to third base, hot corner. You said you liked a lot of third base, but how, do you, how are you whittling it down? So the in in order, and this is not my favorite. These are the ones I have in ownership. I have roughly the same ownership, a little bit higher on Shaw than I do on Carpenter, but it's really close. Um, and then Moncada is is literally just barely behind him. And then it's Arenado and Turner just splitting up the rest. But that actually, I want to get a little higher on Arenado because I don't think he'll be owned as much as he should be tonight. So I probably will end up getting a little higher on Arenado, maybe coming a little bit more off Shaw, leaving Carpenter and Moncada and Arenado. Uh, I love Turner. It's just the spot, the position's loaded. I'm giving a slight edge to Shaw because of the situation, the hitting conditions, all that stuff, like I mentioned. But I like all those guys. And if it was a different slate, I'd be all over Colin Moran and this Pittsburgh stack. Um, I'm just not going to do it today, but I really am hoping they don't put up like 10. Even if they put up 10 runs, I'm okay. I just don't want them to hit four or more home runs. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, not all runs are created equal. And like Pittsburgh's 10 runs are probably like a bunch of singles and doubles, right? Yeah, you know? that's what I'm thinking. And I mean, by the way, Bregman is like a great play. This position is so loaded. Machado is an amazing play at way too cheap, but this is, this is why you want these, you know, four or five of these guys, I think on fantasy draft, I really do at least three of them. Nobody's playing Machado. Like he's, he's less than 5% uh, for sure. Nobody's playing any of these guys. You can't on drafting. <laughs> they're, all, they're all the same position. Like this is going to be so spread out. You can get all the way down the line. Jeff McNeil's a good play. And he's going to like, I mean, there are so many good plays at third base today. Matt Chapman, even though it's, you know, he's too cheap. Like Raphael Devers in an underrated Boston stack. Like uh, anyway, you could go on and on. Yeah, third base is definitely going to decide some things as far as the slate. No, no Rendon, no Mustakos, by the way, for what it's worth. You guys are not taking a peek as far as lineups. Those guys are still out of the lineup due to injury. Uh, jump back to shortstop. Uh, you know, it's it's up top, uh, Trevor Story, and it's down low, Labor Torres, right? Yeah, it's uh, that's pretty much what it mostly is. For me, the other guy I'm playing, and uh, hold your nose or whatever you have to hold, but uh, probably one of my favorite uh, point per dollar shots on this lane. Like, Crawford? 2.9. Um, <laughs> I know he's batting seventh and he's been just terrible. But, like, it is a guy you can lower to, again, do whatever you want with bats, which is why I keep going. Maybe I do take the safer routes in pitching a little bit because they're not going to have ownership. And these guys, like, I don't know. I don't feel bad about them. So that's the other one for me. I don't mind Seager, by the way. I just don't love the hitting conditions. And 
the other guy I have on my high on my list. Uh, I don't understand why he's not higher actually on in general. I, I just was looking at the percentage owned, but he's second high and I'm highest on my list, and it's Correa. We didn't really did we mention him? No, we didn't. He's well, we just kind of mentioned the the Astros power righties collectively, and I'm probably just gonna like make one Astros stack just in case. I'm not a big stack guy. That's just not the way I build lineups. Unless it happens organically, I understand that. I understand why people do it, um, but uh, I don't. Know. I guess you can one off these guys, I suppose. But uh, speaking of Crawford, like you wouldn't roster Crawford at third because there's too much opportunity cost. But at shortstop, you know, uh, if you can dodge Chalky Story, assuming he doesn't have a particularly good game, um, you know, VR is an option. He's a guy that's got some ceiling as well. Tim Anderson's got a ceiling too, but it, it's, the position's not particularly strong. So that's why you wouldn't punt Crawford at, at third, I assume, right? No, 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 no. And I would okay. play DeYoung also, like, as another high-end potential, like, no, unknown guy in my St. Louis. If I, and it, Again, I, I don't fully stack that much on DK either. I, I do a lot of mini stacking. Um, but I do like – I do think that there is some – you know, I'm trying to pick on pitchers for home run powers and good hitting spots. And this is a guy who, I, you know, definitely grades out as being a solid option. He's just really expensive. Outfield, uh, we talked about Soto, uh, you know, as far as the Washington team, you know, we got to in course field, obviously, today gets a bad pitcher. Uh, he's reasonably priced, too. Eaton, Eaton the Robles, one, two, three. Uh, so that those are the guys kind of jump off the board. Eaton's kind of, you know, a little bit too pricey, I suppose. But on the road, Coors kind of sort of locked in for five ABs, assuming things go fairly well. Uh, is that sort of where you're starting? And that's kind of the chalk, obviously. Give me the other options in the outfield that you like. Christian Yelich is, is a wonderful option. Um, Another wonderful option who has just gotten to the point where he is far too cheap, and that's Mookie Betts. It's probably he's the the guy you want to play. Um, I I just think that it, this is the time. Like I, I think he should be like a cash game lock. I don't play cash games very much. I love that Ian Desmond is is thirty is thirty five hundred and is not going to be owned. I think that's crazy. I think that it's crazy that AJ Pollock is as cheap as he is and has a terrific matchup against the lefty, just not as great at hitting conditions, but I'm way overweight on those guys. That's why I don't, I, I love these high end hitters, but I also love some of these low end guys. So I'm not finding it necessary to pay all the way up. Um, so it's just sort of, you know, it's separating, you know, which, which range I'm doing with, with, with which pitching combinations. Um, but Yelich, one of my highest owned, Mookie Betts, one of my highest owned, Desmond, Pollock, uh, Eaton, Belt, Soto, and then uh, some other really low-owned guys, actually, fortunately. Uh, Michael Brantley, Nelson Cruz, Clint Frazier. Those are the other guys I, I'm looking through my lineups that I have the most ownership of. Steven Duggar, David Peralta, Nick Castellanos. Those are my, my biggest ones. Oh, and Charlie Nemo, I'll give you Nemo is 7-3 on fantasy draft. That's too cheap. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, and I, I like the Pollock price. I just wish, like, the weather wasn't particularly uh, unappealing. But the price is really positive there against the lefty. Uh, you know, that's just way too good. Uh, certainly worth rostering as well. Uh, going to screen share here, I just want to let's just scroll through this, kind of show the people what Cheese writes up every single day. This is, you know, he writes this every day, I think, except for Sunday. Uh, and of course, on Sunday, it's uh, the questions and answers with Alan with some really good articles, well, too. I believe he does it Saturday, too, if I'm not mistaken. Just uh, going to tell the people what they can take a peek at as far as what Cheese offers and his million dollar music. He's not going to read it, obviously, but just going to give you all a scroll through to see, to, to show you the depth the girth, whatever adjectives you want to use. Uh, here's a big old paragraph on, on Patrick Corbin talking about, you know, he talks about a lot, just like we talked about a lot of pictures today. He talked about a lot of pictures as well, too, because there's a lot of guys that, you know, you'll feel great about, but a lot of guys you're willing to click because you got a roster too, right? Maeda, Quintana, Eflin, Wheeler. And again, I'm just sort of scrolling down and I'm scrolling down and I'm scrolling down and this never ends. There's a couple of pictures in there. They make it look longer, I suppose. But uh, 
Um, as I'm doing this, kind of showing the people as I'm scrolling through, give me your favorite stacks tonight. So my favorite stacks, um, I really, I'm just gonna take a quick look because I've actually got my, my actual ownership. So I don't ever want to tell anybody anything wrong. So let's see what I've got for- uh, God forbid you misquote it and like the, the team goes off and like somebody calls you off on Twitter. It's a whole thing. It wouldn't be the first time it's happened. And it's happened to me less than most people because I try to do, make sure to do this, but not always. Um, obviously I like the White Sox not way off the board there, but I mean, again, I think that everything's gonna be all over the place. The, the highest ownership I have is on mini stacks of, of Washington, mini through full stacks of Washington, um, some of Houston, but mostly then I want to get that cards brewers game. Um, I want exposure to both sides of it. And I want exposure to, I want mini stacks on the St. San Francisco and, and Toronto side to go along with the obvious, you know, the Coors. And then, you know, like I said, a little bit of uh, Milwaukee, St. Louis, and then a little bit of Houston. Uh, just taking a peek as far as, uh, you know, Jesus article and there are cliff notes. If you don't want to read the entire thing, there's pitching cliff notes. Here's the hitting cliff notes. He literally tells you like, basically a, it gives you essentially like a player pool for Fanduel, a player pool for specific, uh, specific sites here as well. And he even takes the time. If you have any questions for cheese, he does his best to answer his questions specific to the slate or even just general strategy questions. He knocks out questions there too. Uh, gonna get some, uh, QQ speaking questions, QQs. Fire them up. If you have any from YouTube, uh, you know, Devin, feel free to you know, pull them over from YouTube. Like, subscribe. If you guys are over there, jump over here in the Rotor Riders as well. If you're on the RG chat already, fire some questions. Got about seven minutes or so before we step aside and get in here and make some way for crunch time, which is uh, JSU. It's Cardi and it's Roth. Roth will tell you what's going down as far as the weather. Uh, Cardi will be all over the cash games. JSU will be all over tournaments. Dongs, who's going yard? Give me three dudes that are banging one out. I just asked them for QQs. So they're firing in. Um, three guys who are banging them out. Okay, I will go uh, Yohan Moncada. Oh, I already I picked it. I'm going to say Brandon Belt on the low end. On the high end, I'm going to say Christian Yelich. And in the mid-tier, I'm going to say – I'm just taking a look at my mid-tier guys. Sorry. I know it takes a second sometimes. Um, I am going to say – God, there's so many lower-tier guys that I actually think I might like. I Give mean, me one. Don't worry about it. Yeah, he's not really necessarily a mid-tier one. Um but uh, since we're on fantasy draft, I can name another third baseman. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead. I'll just say, uh, wow, I don't know why I don't know why I'm having trouble. Carpenter. Don't worry about it. Sorry, right. Carpenter. I, I couldn't find my ownerships, and that's what I didn't want to say anybody I wasn't playing. All right, uh, five minutes to knock out as many questions as possible here in the chat. Uh, Soto at twenty four dollars or Yelich at twenty eight dollars on Yahoo? Which do you prefer? Soto for cash, Yelich for tournaments, and that sounds weird. No, that that makes sense. That's kind of that would be my answer as well. Uh, a twofer for tournaments, a twofer. You got Gallo and Torres versus Chu and Trout. But Gallo and Torres, but I like both of those. Uh, let's see. Okay, this is for cash. Who do you prefer, VR, Hernandez, or Dozier? It's definitely not Hernandez. I would say, I mean, lean, lean on Torres. I would take Dozier, but I like VR, but it's not Hernandez. I'll say that. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, do you have any Herman love? You do. Um, yeah, I do. 